You're listening to the podcast where you can feast on all the information in the world of sports. Now, here's your host, Tommy Yu. Hey guys, welcome to another episode. Um, this is Deja Vu for Darren and I because this is our second attempt trying to do this podcast with the technical difficulties, but uh, Darren, this is a surprise because uh, obviously the listeners don't know, so we will give them a little bit of context right now. In our first rendition of our this episode take, um, we were talking about how we were going to get bad weather, but I am actually getting the bad weather before you, but you were the one that had um, the power go out or at least a power surge, which was surprising because I thought I was going to be the one that was going to mess it up. Yeah, um, it was, we were, what, nine minutes into the first recording? Actually, um, I think that's a sign, because um, <laughs> before we start to record, we're like, hey, not a lot of news happened, so this episode's probably going to be pretty straightforward, but every time we say that, it's kind of a curse, because we never stay on track, and yeah, we were about 10 minutes in, and uh, Darren, can you let the listeners know how much of that 10 minutes we talked about PDL or football? Uh, zero. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I am still enthralled by your story. Do you have a... Um, a condensed version for our listeners because now we're on zoom. So we have 40 minute limits with a 10 minute cooldown, which freaking sucks. But um, yeah, let our listeners know because I still think it's a story worth hearing. Um, So basically to try and quickly sum it up, um, I recently got a fence. It was miserable. Um, We had to wait an extra three weeks after it was initially planned. Um, And then as soon as the job was almost finished, he sent us invoices like nonstop trying to get us to pay, even though we waited. And in the invoice, it said you had a 10 day grace period. And granted, the work was finished Friday and today is Monday. So he was trying to like that's literally the next business day. And he is trying to get the money like as soon as possible, even though we had to wait for this guy for three weeks. So yeah, just for context, because Darren's being nice with the story. This guy canceled and rescheduled on Darren. Um, multiple times (laughs) yeah like three four times and almost each time darren was the one that had to call them to come and be like hey so you guys are coming tomorrow right And they're like oh actually no and then it's kind of ironic that (laughs) actually sorry (laughs) they're halfway done their job and they send you multiple invoices and they're like wow where was this follow-up when i needed you yeah it's uh very 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 annoying trying to get good contractors because most of them suck um I don't think we have any contractors in this league, so I shouldn't offend anybody by saying that. I mean, I'm sure that there's relatives and stuff like that. But I mean, even those relatives, they probably also suck. Because <laughs> I have some relatives of my own that are very painful to when you're you're trying to get them to like help. And I know in that, that situation, like it's for free. Um, but I, I understand. But you know, if you're gonna say you're gonna do something, you should at least like show up, right? I don't know. Like it's just like they're they're very very it's hard to find good help and that's like such a cliche saying but it really really is and the reason this came up is because this is the second week in a row where we're recording right before the pod goes out because normally in the off season we record a little bit ahead so we're in pretty much like a mid-season form with the schedule that we've kind of now had and the reason we brought this up is because we've just been so busy and because uh for darren it was because he was getting a fence. For me, um, I didn't tell Darren the story. He kind of knows, and you all know in the PDL, because I shared, I had like roof issues. Like I had a leak issue. This has been like a persistent problem I've always had. Um, but long story short, uh, I got a partial denial through home insurance, right? So our home insurance claim specialist, um, he was the one that works with us. And he just went MIA like two weeks ago. And this is after we had like the contractors come in, do the works on the invoice. And so we need to know what State Farm is going to cover and not cover. So we know what's going to be out of pocket. 
And this dude just disappeared. So then I called him because we were just talking primarily through text and email. So then I just called the guy because he just wasn't responding. And in his voicemail, he was like, yeah, I'm out of the office till August 8th. That's just that's tomorrow when this pod <laughs> goes out. But remember, this has been like this happened in like July 10th. It's almost been a month. And this guy just disappeared two weeks ago. And we have no idea what happened. And then that, you know, that's fine. Maybe he just forgot to tell us. And then so we try to call the guy that he puts us back up saying like, hey, I come back at this time. But if you need to get in contact with me regarding your case or whatever, here's the backup. I call the backup, right? The dude doesn't call me back. I call two days straight. And then I finally get to his voicemail that he must have updated. This guy's now out of the office until today. He comes back August 7th. And I left multiple voicemails. I still didn't get a call back. Dude, finding good help is impossible, apparently, because I just want to know how to pay. Like, do I pay now and get reimbursed later? Like, what's going on? And I try to call State Farm. I was like, dude, I don't know what's going on. And they're like, actually, if a claim specialist claims your like case, there's nothing we can really do. And I like I just sat there dumbfounded. I was like, so like if this were to happen, what what do you guys normally do? It's like, oh, well, you know, normally it doesn't go like this. Or sometimes there's a backup. And then I told him like my backup isn't even there. And they're like, yeah, this is just uh, one of those strange ones, huh? And I was like, that's the answer? It's just that's just a strange one. I don't know. I got so frustrated and it's still not resolved now. And I feel like a butthole because the people that worked on our house were kind of awesome. So we want to make sure they get paid. So yeah, it's just really frustrating because now we're kind of talking to them, being like, hey, this is their insurance. We're not not paying you because we don't want to. We just don't know what's going on. So I did leave a voicemail, and Darren's story said he typed up, like, this text when they were being so persistent about invoice show jacking. They're like, it's not even worth the energy. I, I was on the phone, and Darren, you know, I get I have a pretty short temper sometimes. I am very emotional. Mm-hmm. Um, I was seeing red because uh, at this point I was on hold twice, two separate times on State Farm. The first time I was on hold for 40 minutes, and they hung up on me, like, they just hung up. And the second time, um, after another 30 to 40 minutes, they pushed me through to the wrong line. And I was like, all right, I'm just hanging up. I'm not doing this anymore. And then I called the guy and I was like, dude, I don't understand how you can just leave and not tell me and have your backup, not also be there. So I like lit him up. So I'm very much looking forward to getting the call back tomorrow. I'll be like, dude, I no excuses. Just tell me what to do. And I'm done. Like, I, I don't want to like, I will be respectful enough for, for you to get your job done. But I don't want to hear any stories. Just do your job. That's that's all I want. Like kind of like you right there. Just just do your job. That's that's all I want. I, I I don't need anything else. And apparently that's very hard to do. So that's what Darren and I have both been doing. That's why we kind of been barely pushing out these pods. And Darren is pretty much probably sitting in the dark and candlelight right now. And that's why we're doing it through Zoom because his power is still going off and on. But Darren, I appreciate you being here. But I guess the good news is not many things happening in the PDL or uh, NFL, unfortunately. Um, but that's okay because that gives us a little bit more time to talk about the team we're covering today. But before we jump in, I surprised the league today too, Dare, by dropping the preseason rankings. That probably was a nice little uh, pleasant surprise for you, you uh, despite all the terrible fence news that you've been going through, huh? Yeah, uh, it's about time. I mean, I know that like uh, the days go by quickly as we get older, but um, it seems like some of the things they take longer and longer when you're waiting for them. <laughs> we are finally here. And so I sent it out. We already had a handful of submissions in. I think we already had four or five people submit uh, the things. And I know you already did there, uh, myself included in that total. 
Um, but yeah, I'm definitely going to be reaching out to other owners soon so I can get some nice little voice memos in and things like that. And I think the way we're going to unveil it is just do like a special podcast. I don't know if it's going to be independent yet, Darren, because I know sometimes I want you to be a listener, right? And so I kind of want to treat you too. So it might be a solo pod by me, but I might need your help to submit some voice memos, just like I'm going to be asking everyone else. But that is going to be a little special one. So definitely... Uh, keep tuned for that for sure. But one last thing I did want to talk about that before we dive into the Dallas Drip and Welch's uh, current rebuild is um, let's read the rules for these uh, application or not the application, the preseason rankings. It specifically states, um, you know, pretty much rank these team how you believe the final season rankings are going to be at the end of this upcoming season. So keep that in mind. It doesn't necessarily mean who is the best you know, dynasty team right now, this is meant to be a preseason ranking. So whatever that ranking is heading into this upcoming season. So it's a little bit of redrafty, a little bit dynasty kind of like, I know we always kind of have this kind of not argument, but it, it, I know a lot of owners are always like, well, how do you actually do this? I think the parameters we've set is as close as we can get to kind of defining it a little bit right Darren? Um, Yeah, I think so. I think it's pretty straightforward to me. I think um, you're basically, you want to pick the teams you think are going to be good this year and this year only and all that other stuff that us as dynasty managers usually care about, like draft picks and stuff like that. It doesn't really matter. Yeah, it's almost like a lot of fanfare, right? Because we do um, power rankings throughout the um, season. I guess Tanish and Michael don't know that there. So um, mm-hmm. I, I know I don't want to take up too much more time, but I would love for you to kind of talk about that just a little bit because I know I do a lot of the talking, but um, I feel like it's pretty well received. I know you said you actually do kind of look forward to it a little bit. I know Brett definitely does. He does sometimes get on me if I don't release in time, which I actually <laughs> love. But Derek, can you talk a little bit about these um, power rankings if uh, the li- the new listeners, I mean the new people that have entered the PDL don't really know about it? Um, yeah, so in the before the season starts, like Tommy will use these uh, power rankings that we all voted on, and that will be the first, like how it starts out. Um, so like when you see ESPN preseason polls of their power rankings um, and then they start out with like, you know, Seattle ranked 16 and then the Seattle gets crushed by the Rams, then they'll move them back to like 27. So it'll be kind of like that. Um, and then Tommy will adjust them, make fun little write ups throughout the season. Um, I like them. And I know that Brett likes them probably just because like I feel like Brett uh likes to get fired up about things so he needs bulletin board material how full do you think his bulletin board is do you think he's like leasing a second home just because like oh god i ran out of wall space oh yeah he's uh he's ready to go especially after the (laughs) the rate my league podcast like he's like oh i got i got all the ammo i need I feel like we really don't need to give him any more ammunition. But yeah, thank you for encapsulating that. That's kind of essentially how it goes. This is just the very first uh, power ranking, but it's just a lot of fun because it's kind of fanfare. That's what the NFL does. If the NFL could somehow generate enough hype for like a combine, uh, as a commissioner, I could at least generate some hype for just a preseason power ranking. But it's still fun. The unveil is going to be, like I said, getting some voice memos and then unveiling where each spot is to have a little bit more fun. But just keep that in mind. But before... I mean, without further ado, let's just kind of dive into Dallas Drip. Um, As we all know, the tale of the tape, we don't have to dive in too much, but Welch, everyone knows that he came runner-up, just barely runner-up the very first season, lost to uh, Chuck's team, uh, Danny's team, let's be honest. And it was essentially because of like an Aaron Jones play. And now he looks like he is slowly not finishing a rebuild, but he's almost there, just one or two years away until he's really at the position where he wants to compete. Wouldn't you say, Darren? Yeah, I think so. I think that um, I think he would like to be, you know, 
bad to mediocre for one more season if he could. Um, I think Welch is smart enough to realize that his team is not quite up to the par of you and Max yet. Um, so I think if he could, he would love to have another top three pick. Um, I'm not sure if he'll, he'll actually be bad enough for that to happen because his team's looking pretty decent now. Um, but, you know, anything's possible. He could he, he could sell off some pretty, pretty good guys pretty quickly if he really wanted to. I'm really, really excited to kind of see how this is going to be because I feel like the steady drumbeat coming out of Let's be honest, Oregon, right? They've all been very mm-hmm. talking, or they've been talking very highly of Welch's rebuild. And now we're about to break down what it looks like heading into, I guess, this upcoming season, just the overall breakdown. I feel like we're both going to sit at a similar place. I feel like this epi- these episodes are kind of interesting because we've already had the Rate My League guys go through it. So it's also interesting to see what our takeaways are because I'm sure it's going to be similar. But without further ado, Dare, what does that quarterback room look like? He's got Trevor Lawrence and Bryce Young, newly acquired Bryce Young. Hey, no asterisks, both young. And yeah, Bryce Young obviously went number one overall in the NFL draft. And I feel like, um, excuse me, sorry, just burp. But Welch had his pick of the litter at 102 and decided to go with Bryce Young. Being able to solidify his room a little bit to go one-two punch with Trevor Lawrence, I feel like everyone thinks he's going to take that huge step up. But yeah, what are your thoughts right now? This is Definitely a quarterback-driven league. The PDL always have been. The economy has crashed multiple times because of the prices of quarterbacks from time to time. But how are you feeling if you're Welch right now? I feel like Bryce and obviously we need to see how Bryce Young is going to be, but I feel like it's pretty safe to say very solid nucleus. Yeah, I think so. I um, you know his <laughs> his uh quarterback room will be one of the best ones in the league if he still had a guy named Derek Carr, but um. He traded him away, who we'll talk about later. But it's it's good. He needs a quarterback three. Like if obviously if he's not caring about winning this year, it doesn't really matter. Um, because he would probably love to not have a quarterback three. Um, which is probably why he did trade away um Derek Carr, because you know, when Trevor Lawrence or Bryce Young is on by and he can plug in some dude that he doesn't Puts really like care Nico about Collins playing. instead, and yeah. he's like, Oh, sweet loss. This nice. is what I want. I'll get a zero there. Like, uh, <laughs> he can't <laughs> shit on me. I, I just don't even have a quarterback. <laughs> but I, I actually really like what you said there. I think we're both in agreement. If Derek Carr is on this roster, this this is arguably a top three quarterback room, top four, maybe like I, I obviously don't have the other yeah. quarterback rooms in front of us, but I mean, Trevor Lawrence, Bryce Young, Derek Carr, it's kind of tough to get better than that, at least in a dynasty context in a six point touchdown league. Right. Yeah, I think so. And I mean, like Trevor Lawrence obviously is a QB one in dynasty um, top eight, I think in pretty much everybody's rankings. Um, Bryce Young is probably top 12 ish in most everyone's rankings. Um, so he's got two top 12 guys, Derek Carr, I'm assuming is probably about like top 20 ish. Um, so if you got three dudes in the top 20, that's pretty damn good. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like this is going to be really interesting because everyone is expecting that next leap for Trevor Lawrence. I mean, I feel like everyone has that playoff comeback freshly imprinted in their heads that chargers game right that was unbelievable he had such a bad first half and then he just completely lit it up second year under doug peterson everyone kind of sees the route and then everyone obviously knows about bryce young being the first pick overall in the nfl draft all the hope that they have there with the kind of uh team that they're trying to surround him around in carolina um but i completely agree with you just having these two names there you got to feel good but you would love to have one more name even if it isn't at the Derek carr level you would still like something there but just keeping 
Welch's team in mind. It doesn't really hurt him that much that he doesn't have someone in here yet because when he's actually looking to compete, then that's when you want, I don't know, maybe like a Tannehill or something like that in rotation. But because he doesn't have anyone here, because of the route that he's going, I don't think we could penalize him there, right? Yeah, I think it's fine because I think we can assume that he doesn't really want to win this year. So um, I think it's fine that he traded away Derek Carr, but it would have looked good if he did have him. Yeah, we're, we're going to talk about that trade a little bit more. I feel like that's one that we talked about a lot. And even the Rate My League guys talked about for a little bit too. But um, that's enough for the quarterbacks. We'll, we'll definitely touch upon this again when we talk about some of the transactions that Welch has done uh, so far this offseason. But uh, what does the running back room look like? Brian Robinson, Alexander Madison, Damian Harris, and Brees Hall. Um, I think the first three guys, actually all of them, I guess you could have put an asterisk on because Brees Hall is coming off of an injury. Um, but the first three guys, I think more so deserved an asterisk, but I didn't put one there um, kind of because it's like, I think we kind of know what they are, except for maybe Alexander Madison. Um, but I don't think he's very good. Um, I think like uh, in Alexander Madison's case, right? Like he never really got work over Dalvin Cook. And I think you could argue that Dalvin Cook is um, is still at this point like a little better than Zeke, like he's less washed, which is like, you could be like, well, that's why Alexander Madison didn't get carries. But I think Tony Pollard got carries over Zeke because Tony Pollard is better than Alexander Madison. It's not anything to do with the starting running back there. Um, I think he's like fine, but I think like a lot of people could do what Alexander Madison can. So I, I don't think he's blown anyone away. Like I think all like Brian Robinson's kind of in the same boat. Like he's, he's mid, Damian Harris is mid. Um, I think that those three, Brees Hall is obviously amazing, but just coming off that injury, he could be a different player now than he was last year. Yeah, I completely agree. It's kind of funny because his running back room is kind of an enigma because you could kind of twist it and squint in a way where you kind of see a completely, like the opposite side, right? You can make the Mm -hmm. argument of, oh Mm -hmm. my gosh, here comes... Oh my God, I'm completely blanking on his name right now. That Chiefs offensive coordinator, Eric Bieniemy, now the new offensive coordinator for uh, Washington, whatever that team name is eventually going to change to. Brian Robinson's going to have a role. This is going to be electric. Alexander Madison, every game that Dalvin Cook was hurt and Alexander Madison was the guy, he always had, what, like a top 20 running back, like maybe even top 12 running back anytime he actually filled in like that. Damian Harris could totally do something. Brees Hall is obviously a top dynasty running back. Like you could make that argument, but I kind of have to agree with you. I think I would definitely have to agree where, especially in Alexander Madison's case, I know that he kind of has, I wouldn't say reputation, but he kind of does have some of the stats to back him up saying, hey, look, when Dalvin Cook wasn't playing, he was completely hurt. And Alexander Madison became the guy. He was productive. But then I guess my only other argument could be, hey, put any other, like put um, Khalil Herbert back there and he would have done equally the same if not better kind of thing and i kind of believe that as well but that's kind of unfair to say because we are projecting but that's what dynasty and fantasy football is it's all about projection so i was actually kind of shook where you didn't have any asterisks amongst any of these um kind of like what you mentioned it wouldn't be a surprise if there were but i like this new parameter you set up it's not an asterisk saying oh that just means they're not superstars it's an asterisk when you're kind of fuzzy with it and we kind of know what damian harris is right he's a solid running back maybe came in at the wrong generation would have been much better a decade ago but he finds himself now um how much of a workload is he going to get so on and so forth but for welch's team 
not having the strongest running back group, especially at this part of the rebuild, isn't necessarily a detrimental thing, especially if we're assuming that he's not trying to win as much. But there have been a handful of transactions, and uh, I'm sorry for getting ahead of ourselves because we keep prefacing some trades, but he did recently acquire a handful, a handful of these running backs. So there's another part of me that's saying, well, is Welch also trying to win now, or is he just trying to capitalize on some of the value? We'll talk about that when we get to, I guess, more of the trades. So I guess the question I want to ask you, Dare, is I guess not, I guess having not the best running back right now, once again, is not detrimental to Welch, especially with the path we believe he's on. It's kind of very similar to how we're not really penalizing him, the fact that he doesn't have that third quarterback too, right? Yeah, I agree. Um, I, uh, I don't know. Like, like you said, with like the enemy and everything, like the, these guys, you could, you could twist the narrative. Right. Um, but do you think so? All right. This is kind of like um, off topic in a way, but Dalvin cook is linked heavily to the jets. Right. Um, if Dalvin cook was to sign with the jets, would that decrease your opinion of Brees Hall? I think it would be, I would be lying if I just strips said, oh no, like I have absolutely no worries, but I feel like Welch really wouldn't care. I feel like Welch, this is one more year where he's like, all right, I have a couple more draft picks. I, I kind of want to see, but his recent transactions also kind of show that he does actually kind of want to win right now. So that's why it's kind of a head scratcher. But to answer your question, I would have to agree. If Dalvin Cook signs, unless it's kind of that magic thing where like, you know, the thing I always think about is when Tyreek Hill signed with Miami and Mike was like, oh, this helps Waddle. Well, that's a wide receiver so that I could see that universe, but it's very difficult for me to be like, all right, even if Dalvin Cook gets signed for not that much money, it's very hard for me to be like, well, Brees Hall's coming off of an injury and, you know, they also, it's a pretty crowded running back room with Michael Carter and things like that too. Like they have a lot of talent. So then to see them double down and, spend even more resources in the running back position. I think the narrative has changed a little bit. There's a little bit more urgency where they're like, we, they like the jets know that Brees Hall is good, but I feel like their window is very evident now with Aaron Rodgers taking that pay cut to your window. They're like, all right, we just got to get as much talent as we can. So I feel like they can't really slow play this, right? Like if it comes out and Brees Hall still just looks a little bit sluggish because I mean, he just had that big injury. They're not going to be like, all right, let's just keep, let's keep, they're going to be like, all right, we, we got to get, you know, Dalvin in here and Dalvin is still good enough or he'll give you a handful of solid weeks, right there. Like, would you be surprised at the end of this upcoming season? Um, Well, yeah, I would be very surprised if it plays all 17, but um, at the end of the season, he had four weeks where he was like a top 10 running back. Like, no, I don't think any of us would be surprised. Right. Yeah. No, I, I think that like, so if they signed Dalvin to like a two year deal um, for this upcoming year, I would be, more nervous about it but welch probably wouldn't be right because we're like we talked about with the quarterbacks like if he wants to lose one more year he's probably feeling good about it and then like a 29 year old dalvin cook when Brees hall is fully healthy mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. You, would, you would assume then you're like ah like dalvin cook it doesn't matter at all like he's just like the backup running back now and at that point like we're kind of saying he's legs. washed now imagine like a whole nother year yeah, whole nother now year. we're gonna he's be like oh my really god why, how is he in the nfl <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna be yeah. him so poorly yeah, so I, I think that, like, it's completely and 100% totally fine in Welch's point of view, like, if they did sign Dalvin Cook. Um, but for most people, I think they would be, like, kind of shitting themselves. They'd be like, oh, no, like, maybe his injury is worse than a leading on. 
Um, mm-hmm. I bought this guy, you know, for multiple firsts. Like, I hope that like nothing's wrong there. Um, so I-, I think in Welch's case, though, he's probably fine with it. If they yeah, do I, sign him. I completely agree. I feel like this running back room, uh, it does not inspire a lot of hope. But being Welch's team, it makes sense. And I know I keep prefacing this, but I'm very excited to talk about the trades that he's made because the way that he got this running back room is what causes so much confusion for me. Like, if this is just what he ended, like, Greg's team, right? All right, he just has the running backs because that's just who he picked up. So that kind of makes sense. I'd be like, all right, that's one thing, right? If Welch just kind of inherited this. But he kind of went out and got these players, right? So that's kind of what makes me a little bit more confusing. Huh. Maybe he is trying to um, play like a dark horse or maybe play spoiler, like still have maybe only like a four or five win season. But those wins might be all surprises where it comes out against like someone like uh, the top tier teams, if that makes sense. So I'm very interested to see uh, what 4D chess Welch is playing because I'm definitely a little bit off balance. But with kind of a not really inspiring running back room, I have a feeling that the wide receiver room inspires a little bit more hope, right? Um, I, I think so. Uh, he has Devonta Smith, uh, newly acquired, Drake London, Jerry Judy, Marquise Brown, newly acquired, Calvin Ridley, Jordan Addison, newly acquired, Sky Moore, Nico Collins. Technically, they, you could say Calvin year. Ridley is newly acquired. Technically. I know it's kind of <laughs> old of. news, but he's never played. I mean, no one's played Calvin Ridley um, in fantasy in a while, but technically he is new, right? Technically, um, because he's coming back from not playing football for like almost two years. And I think so. he traded Michael Thomas for him. So new, new on the yes, roster, I would say. He did. So he traded the guy that he, we thought we, he was always going to have forever <laughs> <laughs> because he refused to trade him. Um, you know, and he wanted that I, stack I can, with Trevor Lawrence. I can say this now because I made a, a arguably worse move. Um, because I, I offered Welch Amon Ra and Gabe Davis for Michael Thomas a couple years ago, and he declined it. Um, I think he would have been very happy if he took that now, but he just, he just had a hard time letting go of Michael Thomas. He was just really hard for him. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I offered, like, I'd have to scroll back. I'm pretty sure I offered like Joe Burrow. I don't think it was DK Metcalf, but it was like a lesser wide receiver for Russell Wilson and Michael Thomas. Um, and it was kind of close, but not really. He eventually said no. But yeah, it, it's one of those things where you're like, wow, the trajectory of our teams would be completely different if these no's turned into yeses, right? But uh, we could say this about multiple trades and things like that. But it's it's very funny that we bring that up because the valuations have changed so much. But you naming these wide receivers is a complete, it, there's a complete difference between his wide receiver room and running back room, right? Yeah, I think his running back room is like a bunch of guys that he's hoping to probably sell before the season starts. Um, like, I think he would love to sell Brian Robinson, Alexander Madison, and Damian Harris if he could. Um, and then the other guys like Devonta Smith, super young. Drake London, super young. Jerry Goody, mostly young. Marquise Brown, mostly young. Calvin Ridley is actually like sneaky old. Um, Jordan Addison, very young. Sky Moore, Nico Collins, also young. So, like, he's got, like, young guys that are either on the upswing or have proven to be good, like Devonta Smith. I would say uh, Marquise Brown is in that category as well um, to a lesser extent. Um, but, like, Jerry, Drake London looks like he's going to be great. Jerry Judy, I guess you could, like, make an argument, but I think he's kind of, like, more of a wide receiver two than he is a wide receiver one. Like, I don't think he's ever going to be like that great. Um, I, I And that's coming from me, and I love Jerry Judy. Um, I just don't think he's, like, going to be that guy in the NFL. Um, Calvin Ridley, I think I sh- probably should have put an asterisk on Calvin Ridley 
because I think everyone is he like hasn't played in like two hell. years, three years. Yeah, they're like hyping him up like crazy, and this guy hasn't played football in two years. Like I, we saw how bad Deshaun Watson was after he had the same amount of time off. Um, he's twenty nine years old. He hasn't played football in two years. Um, he very well could be good. He looks good in practice and everything, but playing in practice is different than playing in the game. It's just it's very weird how like everyone is so sure of Calvin Ridley, his return is going to be amazing. It's it's very, very odd to me. Um, I, I just like... Aaron, didn't you see that one training camp clip where his route was just so much crispier than everyone else? Like, everyone was, like, blown that out of proportion. Well, once again, he is a phenomenal athlete. Like, at, at one yeah. point, he ended as, what, like, the wide receiver five that one year or something oh crazy? God, like yeah. yeah, so, like, he definitely has the talent, but I completely agree with you. I feel like people are already crowning him, being like, oh, my God. If you want like a late sleeper stack, get the Lawrence and Ridley. I'm like, wow, is it really that done of a deal? I feel like they have a lot of receivers in Jacksonville, right? I feel yeah. like uh, Doug Peterson's often simply likes to spread it around. I don't know. I, I, I'm very confused like you, but I think we're a little bit biased because once again, we know what Doug Peterson has done. When I look at um, Jaguars offense, very reminiscent to that Eagles offense that they have at Wentz and when they kind of spread it around everywhere. And so it's going to be interesting to see his kind of impact with everything, but Man, just so many good young prospective receivers where, once again, if you are a dynasty owner, and luckily the PDL is a dynasty league, you got to be pretty happy. But there has definitely been an investment on this roster to make wide receiver a focal point in the rebuilding. And I'm not going to give you all the credit there because there's, you know, it's not like you invented the, hey, I like wide receivers, but um, <laughs> you're definitely wide receiver you for a while. And so there has been a lot of resources pulled in. Um, and man, maybe we should maybe change the format a little bit, but I am going to preface this. He did get Devonta Smith, um, spent a lot of draft capital to do so. He spent a first round pick uh, in Drake London, obviously uh, spent another first round pick Jordan. So it's like a lot. And I think he spent another first round pick in Sky Moore. So it's not like he lucked into this wide receiver room. He spent heavy amount of capital for it. And I'm really interested to see how it kind of, plays out because I feel like everyone has been saying that Welch has been going through like the prototype rebuild and it looks like he's kind of taking a page from everyone's book looking at how a lot of teams are built and it's really cool to see him pretty much implement the plan that he has and so would you kind of agree in that accurate statement saying well it's no surprise that his wide receiver room is one of the flowing spots for his team just due to the amount of capital he's invested into it um yeah, if you're going to spend that many first round picks on a, a specific room, um, you would very much hope that they're going to look good. Um, like if he spent a bunch of first round picks and his wide receiver room was like, you know, very mid, like if he had like the Brian Rob Robinson equivalent, we'll be like, eh, yes, it's fine. It's it's okay. <laughs> yes, like if he had that that if type he had like of Terrace dudes. Marshall right now, I'd be like, oh god, um, okay, I don't know how that happened, but that's fine. <laughs> I'm yeah, only taking that shot because I'm the clown that has him right now. But you know, what I'm trying to say. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. Like if he had like lesser tier wide receivers, you'd be like, oh man, that didn't work out well. Was that investment um, worth it? Yeah. You know, it'd be like kind of probably the wide receiver room that Josh would have assembled if he put a, together this many first round picks into it. <laughs> Um, that's kind of what we're trying to say. Here, Josh still catching. You think Josh can catch strays in this league just forever, right? Indefinitely. His his legacy um, will live on. Or do you think it's going to kind of phase out? Because we don't really talk about Gabe much anymore, except for like the very few times he kind of comes up. But I, I don't know about Josh. I feel like his legacy will be lasting a little bit longer. 
Uh, Josh was the worst fantasy player I think I've ever seen in my life. So <laughs> I might bring exclusive. him up. You mean just like all of your year, decades ever. of playing? Yeah. Ever. Like, and I have played with some really bad, like kids from high school that are like really stupid and don't Forget, care like, about the Forget or something. Yeah. Yeah. Like that kind of shit. Like if you're like, I like, all right. So Drew wrote, right. Um, the one time he showed up to our draft because we used to do them in person um, when we could. He showed up and he did not have any rankings whatsoever with him. He had nothing. He did put so no like back time. back in the day when you would show up with like a sharpie and printed out things, know, he just he just showed people, up. Yeah. Yep, just showed up with nothing, absolutely nothing. Didn't have a pen. Didn't have rankings. Didn't have anything. He you was guys like, were probably hey, like mid third <laughs> round, and he shows up. It's like, oh shit, how to auto, <laughs> auto draft? And Drew's like, oh wait, what? We draft our own teams? I thought we were just signed one. <laughs> so like, and that that guy that showed up completely unprepared to the draft was better at fantasy football than Josh. Josh <laughs> was absolutely horrible. So I think it's going to be a couple years before I let go of the Josh thing. I hope he doesn't listen to this podcast anymore. I don't know why he would, uh, because if he did, he would probably be like, man, why are they still talking about me? I tried. <laughs> what if he doesn't? And like every once in a while, he just like thinks of P- the pedo is like, oh, Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Oh, let me check out this uh, pod. And he's just literally like, what the fuck? They're talking about me again? What is going on? Um, but, Dare, we have about six minutes before we run into our first 40-minute wall. So let's finish up the um, position. Oh, actually, no, no. I, I don't want to jump into tight end too soon. We still got to talk about wide receiver a little bit. Um, he has, once again, almost five, six first-round picks dedicated to this wide receiver room. And obviously we know this is a room that you kind of want to pay some premium in because the PDL, you have to start three wide receivers and we have two additional flexes. So in theory, you could start five wide receivers, which I know is music to your ears because you're probably like, why don't we just add even more wide receivers that you have to start? Um, but with all of that being said, uh, how comfortable would you be? Scale one to, uh, not one to five, let's do one to 10. How comfortable would you be if uh, this was your wide receiver room uh, heading in and you're looking to be competitive? And what would that number look like if you're kind of in Welch's position of saying, you know what, let me punt one more year? Um, I think I would put it as like, probably like an eight. Um, I would probably, if he had a guy that was better than Devonta Smith, like then I would feel like really good out about it, because um, I think that there's like the rooms like like Max has Jamar Chase and like has Justin Jefferson. I have C D Lamb. Like you have the studs that are older, like Devontae <laughs> yeah, Adams. All the old guys. You have <laughs> so, Diggs. Like, Name all the other. Old, oh, oh wow! Look, DeAndre Hopkins is in here. <laughs> so like you have, you but you still have like studs and like Devonta Smith is very good, but. Uh, we heard in the Rate My League podcast where they ripped mm-hmm. Welch apart for this trade that he's the number two on the team. Yeah, um, like like um, Steve has A.J. Brown and stuff like that. No lava. Yeah. Like, I get it. Yeah. And I think Drake London could grow into that if things go Welch's way there. Um, but I can't. They also have Bijan and Kyle Pitts there. It's going to be tough. Yeah. So I think if he had a guy that was like better, like if you just said, Instead of Donta Smith, if he had AJ Brown, I'd be like, yeah, this is probably like a nine or a 10. I'd feel pretty good about this wide receiver room. Um, but if he could just add a guy that was like a little, little bit better, or maybe even if it was another guy on the same tier as Devonta Smith, I would be like, yeah, this is a 10 out of 10 wide receiver room. Um, but uh, you know, that's easier said than done. So now uh, before we wrap up, before we take our first break there, what are your thoughts on Jordan Addison? I don't, 
do I know your thoughts on him? I don't really know. I know I was always higher on consensus on Addison than most. Uh, but what are your thoughts on Addison up to this point? I'm not saying, oh, what were your pre-draft thoughts? But, I mean, everything up to this point, obviously, he kind of came in, had an undisclosed injury, so he wasn't really part of, like, that rookie OTA kind of stuff. And then, obviously, got that speeding ticket. But, you know, now he's back. No suspension. He looks great. Uh, wh what are your thoughts on him? Because it definitely looks like he should get some of the targets. And I know you're a little bit more tuned into Minnesota's offense than I am because you at least have Hawk. Um, yeah, I think that he is. It's funny because... I remember when uh, Mike was, you know, standing very hard for Devonta Smith and Welch was like, there's no way that he's going to be good. He's too skinny. Um, and it's funny because now Welch has Devonta Smith, Calvin Ridley and Jordan Addison. And I think they're all very <laughs> similar players. Um, so I, saw I, Brian I really liked... Tank Dell or whatever. And he's just like, that's who I wanted. Fuck. <laughs> like, you know, he's just getting like the guys that are like six foot and really skinny. Um, and then are good route runners. Like, I, I like Jordan Addison. He's my wide receiver, too, pre-draft. Like, I think he's going to be really good. I think he went to a really good spot. Um, mm -hmm. I think if he was asked to be a wide receiver one, um, that would be bad because I think that he should be a wide receiver two on the team. Um, and but now like he has Perrin... the best wide receiver one to compliment him yes. now, Justin Jefferson. Yes. So, like, I feel like this is, like you said, a very great situation. On a pass-heavy offense, I feel like in a neutral game script, I, I don't have the stats in front of me, but I feel like Minnesota was a pretty aired out team, and this is with... Dalvin Cook. So now without Dalvin Cook, I don't know, man. This offense might open it up even more, right? Yeah, I think Jordan Addison could be great. Um, as as a rookie, I'm not sure he's gonna like be amazing or anything. Um, but I think like he's he's gonna be a guy that he, I mean he has, I guess he has like um Devonta Smith upside potential, mm -hmm. but they're probably gonna have to like upgrade a quarterback from Kirk Cousins if they're gonna do that. I think that like this honestly might be Kirk Cousins last year in Minnesota. Um, they didn't resign him. Uh, his contract is expiring. There's a very good chance that Kirk Cousins is on a different team. And then, like, if they're running into next season, um, with a downgraded quarterback, well, I mean, hope hopefully they don't do that because Justin Jefferson would be pretty unhappy. But, um, I don't know. Like, that's that's an interesting situation there, quarterback. But I think that like Jordan Addison, that that receiver group now, like, it actually kind of weirdly, um is molded after Philadelphia in a way. Like you have like Dallas Goddard, Devonta Smith, AJ Brown, and then you have Justin Jefferson, Jordan Addison, and TJ Hawkinson. They're all very similar, I think. Yeah, and then even the running back is kind of all by committee, guys. I mean, Philadelphia, mm -hmm. they're all on, like Swift can get hurt, Rashad Penny gets hurt. We have Kenneth Gainwell. Now they have like Madison and Guangwu, whatever that guy's name is. I'm forgetting his name. I think they just signed Abram Smith, who led the rushing in the XFL. Like, they just have a hoshpotch of people, and they're linked to so many vets. So I feel like um, you're right. It, it is a strange reflection of Philadelphia, but I, I just kind of want to get your thoughts on it because we kind of do talk about a lot of the other wide receivers here, but I don't know. Welch, it's kind of a fun mystery box. If it all hits the right way, it could be really, really interesting. All right. What does the tight end room look like there? Our favorite positional group. Dallas Goddard, Sam Laporta, and Juwan Johnson, who has an asterisk. And I don't think I said this guy more. Nico Collins had asterisk on the last one, but they they did. Um, we're on tight end now, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like this tight end room is pretty solid. It has someone reliable like Dallas Goddard, someone with high upside like Sam Laporta, and Juwan Johnson was pretty solid last season as well but since then uh the saints are kind of all over the place with tight end is Taysom Hill tight end they got jimmy graham what's going on but regardless even without all those weird hiccups still pretty solid tight end room all things considered wouldn't you agree yeah i think so um and i think um at the time of our 
PDL rookie draft when Welch went Sam Laporta over Michael Mayer, I was like, oh, that's a bit questionable. Um, but as of now, it seems like he might have made the right choice because um, Sam Laporta is going to be the starter from get the get-go. Um, they're going to have obviously need somebody else in that room to throw the ball to other than Amon Ra. So if Sam Laporta can get going as a rookie, uh, Michael Mayer seems like the stuff that coming out of Raiders camp is going to struggle a little bit. Um, I still think he's a better prospect, but the way that they might use him in the NFL, like he might be brought in to block more often. So maybe that Sam Laporta is just used more as a receiver. So for fantasy football, what we care about, Sam Laporta might be better right away. Um, so I think Welch making that bold call at the time, he might have looked like a genius making that call. Yeah, absolutely. And so what are your thoughts with Dallas Goddard? I feel like Dallas Goddard, for whatever reason, kind of gets a pass on how injured he constantly is. As Eagles Uh fans, we are very well aware of the fact of his injury, obviously, his injury history, sorry. Um, So if he could put it all together and play all the games, I feel like he's pretty consistent. You know exactly what you're going to get, just depending on how good that Eagles offense looks like. But he looks like he definitely at least has his role. So what is your kind of projection for Dallas Goddard this upcoming year? Um. I think it'll still obviously be a tight end one because it's just like not a high bar to set. <laughs> as long but, as you just like play your game in a starter, you you have a good chance to be top 10 regardless. Yeah. Like unless, you know, Devonta Smith or AJ Brown gets hurt. You're not really like hoping. Cause I think like last year in the beginning of the year, um, it was AJ Brown, then Dallas Goddard, then Devonta Smith. And then when Dallas Goddard got hurt, like you mentioned, like he always does. Then it was A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith, and Dallas Goddard as a third option. Mm-hmm. That's so, when Devonta Smith really had his breakout last year is when yes. Goddard went down, right? Yes, and I think it's going to continue on that way this season. So I think that Dallas Goddard is going to be the third option in the offense. Um, I, I kind of think he's more of like an ancillary piece. Like, he's great to have and everything. But I think now that Devonta Smith has kind of leapfrogged him in that order of, you know, target share. So I think that he's he's a good player and everything. Um, he's going to be reliable, but I think like this year he might be worse than he has been in years past. I mean, I guess he could be better if he just stays healthy because he he normally misses about six games a year. Um, but I mean, I th- still think he's a good player. Like he's going to be a tight end one. He's probably going to be top ten, top eight, something like that, um, just because of the state of the position. But I think that like he's not he's not going to sniff. Travis Kelsey he's not going to get close to that realm um I don't think there's any way that that happens like probably Dallas Goddard or sorry probably AJ Brown and Devonta Smith would both need to get hurt for Dallas Goddard to be close to uh Travis Kelsey um I I just don't think that he's like in that kind of tier of player right now just because of the way that the Eagles offense is set up um I even think that there's like a there's a scenario there's a there's a reality that he is out targeted by like DeAndre Swift. Um, I think that's possible. Um, I I would say it's not exactly likely, but I think it's possible Um, just because I think you can pencil in him to miss four games, right? Like, and I know that DeAndre Swift is um, known as being injury prone and everything, but I think he's played more games over the last three years than Dallas Goddard has. So, um, I just think that he is he's good and he does get a pass weirdly because nobody talks about him being injury prone, but I think he's been hurt like every single year he's been on the Eagles. 
I was actually the reason why I'm so in tune with the amount of injuries he has outside of the fact that we're with the Eagles fans is when I was trading George Kittle. Dallas Goddard was on my radar. I was like, oh, maybe I'll get Dallas Goddard plus a little bit more for Kittle. Like, would Welch even do that? And then I looked and I was like, obviously, Kittle has this reputation of being injury prone or get gets hurt a lot just due to his crazy aggressive play. But Dallas Goddard has played less games than Kittle, but I feel like no one really talks about it. And maybe it's because we're biased there. So let me ask you a question that's not really fair. When the let, let's take a time machine, let's travel back a couple of years ago where Zach Ertz was still one of the top tight ends for the Eagles, right? And Dallas Goddard was kind of uh, appearing on the scene. You can see how explosive, how athletic, and he could actually do some yak, which is non-existent for Zach Ertz. That was never a part of his game. And so we we're always kind of excited because the draft capital that Dallas Goddard had, whenever we would do two tight end sets, it was so apparent what his talent could be. And then when we finally kind of get rid of uh, Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard has become the guy, is it fair to say that he's kind of been a little bit of a disappointment? And that's not necessarily due to his talent, just due to the production, whether it is because um, he gets injured or, you know, it, it's not really a surprise that if you have two wide receivers like A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith, yeah, you're going to target them more than Dallas Goddard. And that's not because Dallas Goddard isn't talented. It's just when Jalen Hurts looks out there, he's like, oh, my God, let me throw it to Devonta Smith. He gets like 10 years of separation. Let me throw it to A.J. Brown, one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. So it's not necessarily an indictment against them. But would you say it's kind of fair that's low-key been a little bit of a disappointment just because I guess maybe uh, and maybe I'm just projecting myself because of what I thought he could be. But as a Philadelphia fan, has his career kind of aligned to what you thought it would be? Um, Yes and no, I think. Um, he's definitely good, but I'm, I don't know. Because, like, I mean, when you when you draft a guy out of a second-round pick out of South Dakota State, are you like <laughs> this guy's going to be an absolute stud? Like, I mean, I think he's, I think he probably is fine, you know, like for what you expected. Um, I think he's, he's a good player. And I think that's just kind of what we got. Um, he is not a superstar, but he's good and he's better than most tight ends in the league. So, um, honestly, like I kind of was expecting the Eagles to draft a tight end this year. Um, just to kind of do the same thing that they did with Zach Ertz and be like, all right, he's 29 we can groom this guy for a year, maybe two. And then, you know, he's out the door and he's on a different team. Um, just because yeah, yeah we did not... that a few years ago when we got, uh, yeah. When we um, got Dallas Goddard. <laughs> no, no, no. When we got JJW, right. Um, that, that, right. That, that, that's what we did it for. Oh yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly <laughs> what we did that for. The fail wide receiver uh, turned to tight end. Oh yeah. Whoops. <laughs> but no, but, I completely agree. I, I, I thought because of how strong this tight end class was, I, I low key thought how we might've, finagled something where we might have gotten a tight end that kind of fell through a little bit but yeah i was kind of surprised we didn't walk away with any of them yeah because they i literally maybe they like they all went earlier than how he was kind of expecting i guess mm -hmm. like that's possible like because i thought there was another guy from south dakota state tucker craft that was kind of similar to dallas goddard and they could have taken him um just have been like the, the easy heir apparent there but he went to the Packers, maybe how he was. Now, how he was overworked, like so he just looked at the draft boards like, you know what? Let's just get everyone from Georgia. Fuck it. Throw out yeah. everything, guys. <laughs> Why are we even paying scouts this year? Just draft the Bulldogs. That's fine. It doesn't make any sense because it's like so obvious. Like, he's like, you know, we're going to take the best players from the best team in college football, <laughs> and our football team might be pretty good. Could you like, imagine the other scouts come in the day of the draft? They're like, all right, if this guy's on the board at this time, he could trade up. And then how he's like, 
You know? No. We'll just get Georgia guys. Georgia defender. That's all we're doing th- this draft. Everyone else is fired. But yeah, I, I like, just thought it was funny. They got Keely Ringo in like the fourth round. Like it doesn't make any sense. Like why <laughs> this stuff happens. And it's like, why, why are you letting a guy who was very good in college? He played at one of actually he played in the best conference in college football at one of the best schools in college football. Like, why are you letting this the best guy defense fall in that round? as well? Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Like, why are you letting this stuff happen? And it's just like, People are like, oh, yeah, Harry Roseman, Harry Roseman, Harry Roseman. Like, how does he get away with this stuff? And it's because the other guys just. I was going to say, he's not getting away with anything. He just fell to his lap, right? Like, no one's been doing here. How did he get away with getting him in, like, the end of the first? I'm like, uh, every everyone else had an opportunity. Maybe we're missing something. Maybe we're just drinking the Kool-Aid. But it's not like he's a mastermind. How we just looked at the board is like, oh, okay, yeah, we'll get this guy now. This guy should have been gone by the third round, the latest. He's still here. So let's just take him. And then everyone's like, oh, my God, they did it again. How did do it? <laughs> <laughs> Bamboozled us. But, no, I completely agree. I feel like with all the, uh, you know, just the state of tight ends, I guess, in dynasty football in general, this is still one of the better ones for sure. So I, I feel like across the board, all of his rooms look relatively solid, especially with the direction he's looking. So uh, how much draft capital does Welch have to play with to see if he wants to patch some of those holes? I know some of the ones we're talking about, he could use one for a QB3. Uh, he could definitely use influx of some better running backs outside of Brees Hall, uh, things like that. So, uh, yeah, what does draft capital look like for the Dallas trip? So he's got a first, um, two seconds, a third, and two fourths. So pretty good. I mean, <clears throat> he's definitely not lacking in the department, right? Like he's he's got enough where he's not really going to be concerned about anything, but it's not as much as he's had in the past years. I guess that kind of makes sense too, right? As you're slowly becoming more competitive, you're going to have less picks, right? It, it would be weird if you're trying to get competitive now and they're like, all right, let's get a draft capital. He has like three firsts. He has this and this and this, which is why I feel like sometimes when I even look at like your team there, I'm like, I mean, he could compete now, but he has so many assets. What is, was he saving it for? What was he doing? So I, I feel like he definitely has the draft capital. I mean, coming from me, hypocritical to say, right? I have no draft picks at all so seeing something like this i kind of get excited i'm like oh my god the possibilities are endless but with all of this draft capital i guess uh, i to paint a better image or to paint a better image of welch let's look at some of the trades that he's made to see maybe if we could foreshadow how aggressive he could be maybe heading into the season or something like that so what are some of the trades that he's made recently um so the first one he traded 303 and which i believe turned into tank bigsby and a 2024 third to Michael for Brian Robinson. Um, I think in hindsight, Welch probably would have taken that one back because I think I would probably just rather have Tank Bigsby over Brian Robinson. At the um, time, to be fair, it was kind of hard to tell that Tank Bigsby yeah. would have fell, fallen that far. I think we we're both in that agreement <laughs> that we were both adamantly were trying to trade up to get him. I remember that. I knew yes. I was bidding against you, and I was like, fucking Christ. I know Darren could beat me if he really wanted to, but I don't know how hard he's going in. I don't know what to offer, and we both lost out, and he eventually won. So at the time, two-thirds for Brian Robinson. You know, we already paid that picture of Eric Bieniemy, so it makes sense. But now, with a little bit of context, yeah, I, I think I would take Tank, too. Yeah, so that that one he's probably kicking himself a little bit after we just were like, this is what actually happened with the three hundred three. Um, but at the time, it was it was fine. Like it wasn't like it, you, you know, you weren't crying to mom about this bad trade I just made. Um, yeah, it wasn't one... like we're trying to reverse it. Like when I got Tony, sorry, <laughs> yeah. I'm still a little salty. So just don't worry, I'll, I'll move on. But yeah, sorry. What what are the <laughs> trades we're talking about here? He sent one hundred three, which turned into CJ Stroud, and three hundred nine, which turned into I don't remember to Michael 
for a 2025 first from Michael, a 2024 Ooh. second from Brian, and Marquise Brown and Alexander Madison. So he got a starting receiver, a projected high first, and uh, you know a mid second maybe. Um, and Alexander Madison, who's now a starting running back at the time, he was Dalvin Cook's backup, but he has since been cut, and now he's the starter. So I think for you know, 2025, I don't know who is in the draft really, but if you can say that that's most likely a top five pick, um, I think you got that's, a uh, that's Arch Manning, there. right? Uh, no, 2026 is Arch. Oh, Manning. my bad. Just trying to make some false uh, drama <laughs> over here, but yeah, I, I don't know enough about college football. Yeah, 2026 is Arch Manning, so he'll, he'll be there and uh, the year after this one, but I, I think it's like Travion Henderson and like. Nick Singleton from Penn State. Like, there's like, Ooh. there's definitely good players in the draft, but I, I don't know. Like, other than those, it's too guys, much of a project, uh, projection, right? Yeah, so many so things change, especially in college football now with uh, NIA deals and transfer portal. And it's, the, comps, it's the, so the teams hard. and the divisions are in the, in the, the, the leagues change all the time. Like, you have um, four teams in the West Coast in the Big Ten now. Like, after they added Oregon and Washington, like, now there's Oregon, Washington, UCLA. And uh, USC and the Big Ten. It's like, wait, they're in the sense. Big Ten with Penn State. Yeah, like that same. <laughs> what? I I, I yeah. kind of saw. I caught the I caught the butt end of that in the PDO when you guys were talking about, and but it kind of flew over my head. Wait, what? When did this happen? What the fuck? It's not until next year. Like it doesn't start. Wait, who are the three teams year. that are added? Uh, USC, UCLA, Oregon, and Washington. What? They're yeah. in the Big it's, Ten. Yeah, in Colorado. And uh, Colorado, Arizona, and Arizona State are going to the Big 12. Um, Stanford and Cal are going to the ACC. Why does this happen so often? The only reason, I'm sure it doesn't happen as often as I think, but I feel like every time I play like NCAA, like the video game, I would always have to restructure all the because of how much it changed. I feel like it changes way more often than it should. The most obvious response is money. Um, Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But it is because, um, like, once the first domino falls, because like everyone is like they, they had the power five, right? They had the ACC, the Big Ten, the Big 12, uh, the Pac-10. Why don't they rename the these SEC. conferences? That's the thing that bothers I, I think me the most. I think they're going to have to because we we are going to have Stanford and Cal join the Atlantic Coast Conference. So I think they're probably going to have to change the names. <laughs> um, it's like the Big Ten is going to have 18 teams. The Big 12, I think, has 16 teams. I feel like um, it's just pack- not hard to just pick a name that just doesn't have a number involved. So then he could just keep that as a name forever. Like, it does not matter. But, like, why are you well, putting a the, number in it? The SEC is the Southeastern Conference. I think what are they doing? <laughs> there's The Southeastern Conference, I think, still makes sense because all the teams, I think, are still in the Southeast. If you, mm-hmm. like, stretch the Southeast to Texas, um, which is, you know, debatable if that's the Southeast. Um, but... But it's funny because they're just weird. painting themselves into a corner. They're like, why not just start a division? Be like, oh, yeah, every we're the red-white team. Every team in this conference has the red-white jerseys. But, like, why why do that if you know things are going to get changed eventually anyway, right? I feel well, like they're just well, making Welch, more work for themselves. Wilt mentioned this in the chat, and he said that, like, there was a breakdown somewhere where this guy, he broke the uh, basically all of the Power 5 teams which are no longer power five teams because the pac 12 is dead now. Um, But it's going to be the power four, I guess. And he 
broke those four team or four conferences into four teams with all the power five schools. And they did it like geographically and it like made a lot of sense and it like worked really well. Um, I don't know why they just don't like do that, but the NCAA is just so unorganized and such a terribly run organization that they would never do something so smart. I was going to say like, like I hate the NFL, but I know the NCAA <laughs> is like even worse if that's even possible. Yeah. Like the, the big 10, when it how it was before they added those west coast schools i thought it was great like they they added Rutgers and maryland which are like you know a little bit outside of where it was because most of the schools are like you know midwestern-ish kind of schools like you know nebraska penn state like they're all they're all in that same kind of region uh, maryland isn't like that far out or Rutgers, so like you can you can make that stretch i think but like once you go to like UCLA, it's like all right, the other like, side of like, the country. This is, this is getting weird. Yeah, like you're not. You look at the map, and these schools are really far away now. Like it's getting a little out there, um, especially with like the ACC adding Cal. Like all of those schools, every single one is on the East Coast. Every single one. Like that is as far away as you can get. It makes no sense. Like I don't, I don't understand why they're doing it because I think it kind of hurts the product. Like you would think that the NCAA would step in and be like, "All right, guys, we can't do this anymore. Like we gotta, we gotta like stop poaching teams from other." Isn't college football also all about like tradition and like yeah. Yeah. like legacy and like rival, yeah. and then all these switches kind of dilutes that? I mean, yeah. I guess with like TV contracts, you could kind of make it saying like, "Oh yeah, it hasn't mattered in a while." But I mean, like. NCAA is just such like, uh, in my opinion, like it, it reminds me of baseball where everyone's like, oh, yeah, legacy of this and like blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, with all this moving, I like I don't I can't keep up. But like this change where it kind of breaks how perfect, not how perfect things were, but like how things were it reminds me a lot of us waving our fists into the air because we're old when the NFL changed from 16 to seven. Dude, I still I'm still recovering from this. Anytime we talk about like team records, I'm like, yeah, I think they'll go like eight and eight. And I'm like, oh my God, no, 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 no. We're not in a 16 game seat. Like the 17 game still messes. Like, even if this goes on for like another 10 years, I, it would still take me a while to figure it out just because I thought 16 games was that perfect. So, uh, oh man, I hate when they just make changes, but I think that's more of a testament to us. But man, look at how much we unraveled. But that all makes sense there. I know there are a lot more trades. I'm really interested of you bringing up this next trade because this one is like we've been beating this dead horse for a while. Huh? <laughs> so he sent Derek Carr to Max for a 2025 second from Michael. Um, and what? As, Wait, just uh, that's it. That? That's it. Oh, so as as we said, right, we can project that that is going to be a top five pick. That's in true. 2025. Um, just because of the state of Michael's team. No, thanks to him. It's more so because of Josh. But still. Nonetheless, it is just a 2025 second. So um, you're going to get, or Max is going to get that for a guy that's going to start. Not He's not going to start for Max, but he's going to start for the Saints for two, maybe three seasons. Um, and it's just, just 2025 second. That's it. Um, I think that if Welch sold him earlier, maybe he could have gotten more. Um, but like Michael Thomas, Welch really wanted to hang on to his boy, Derek Carr. Um, I think that maybe cost him an extra draft pick, but you know, he gave it to his friend, so he's probably okay with it. <laughs> yeah, I feel like this trade isn't as bad as everyone has kind of painted out to. I think my only thing is kind of like what you mentioned. It, he held on to Derek Carr for such a long time up to this point. Everyone knew that he wanted just at least he kept saying, like, just give me one first and he could have them to people for multiple years. So it's kind of funny to me where. Now he kind of traded him for just a second where you kind of make the argument of, hey, what if the season started and he had a pretty decent start to the season? Could have gotten a little bit more, but it's kind of like 
really being nitpicky because like how much more would he have gone? Like, I don't think he would have gone at first. Like, is it two seconds? Is it a second, a couple of thirds? Like, what are we talking about here? Maybe a second well, and a player. I will say this. If Jared Goff went for a second and third, Derek Carr should have at least went for a second and third. <laughs> you know, uh, Brett is fuming right now. He's like, Jared, Jared Goff was a top 10 quarter. Or, I don't know what he ended last year, but I know he was very, very good. And I know Derek Carr has never really done that. So I'm sure he's fuming right now, but we don't have to beat this trade in anymore. Uh, what's the last trade that you want to bring up? Because this one is a doozy. The last one is the one that the guys from the Rate My League podcast ripped apart. Um, he sent Steve's 2024 first and his own 2025 first to Tanish for Damian Harris, Devonta Smith, a 2024 third and a 2024 fourth. Um, the third was Brett's and the fourth was yours. Um, I think it's fine, right? Like, I, I do think it's like a, a, a bit of an overpay. Uh, because like the guys on rate my league said Devonta Smith is the number two option on Philadelphia. He is not the number one and he's not going to be the number one as long as JJ Brown's there. Um, so it's like, would you trade two first for T Higgins? I personally wouldn't. Um, would you trade two first for Jalen Waddle? I maybe might just yeah. because I'm yeah, biased. <laughs> I'm biased, so I might do do that for Jalen Waddle. Um, but like I think it's a better, a closer comparison to T. Higgins because he has that guy that's not going away. Like Tyreek Hill's a little bit older. So he might like Jalen Waddle could usurp J- or Tyreek Hill possibly in the Tyreek next Hill year could just do something dumb again and then and get you know, suspended Goodell just being like, you know what, yeah. fuck this. Like I don't want you in the league anymore. You're like 30 now. We got all we out. We're, you're done now. Yeah, so I think Jalen Waddle has a better case there to be worth the two first than Devonta Smith. But um, he did get these like ancillary pieces to go along with Devonta Smith. Like he got Damien Harris, he got a third and a fourth. So if he can trade um, Damien Harris away, which I'm, I'm sure he probably wants to, if he can get like, you know, like a third back for Damien Harris, which, you know, that'd be cool. Like, I mean, it's very. Definitely very possible because we, we saw. <laughs> yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be that'd be neat. <laughs> you know. it, it would help. You know, it would help. I think in the the eyes of the rate my league guys, right? Like if he was able to get Damien Harris off of his team, get a third yeah. or something like that, which is possible because we saw Hunter Renfro traded for a third. If Hunter Renfro can fetch a third, Damien Harris probably should be able to. Um, so I think that it's it's a fine trade. I think it's a slight overpay. Um, but if you can project, like if you say Steve's first is late. And Welsh is hoping his own first is late in 2025. If you're if they're both late first, I think it's fine. Like it's not like you're not killing yourself over this trade. It's it's a slight overpay for a guy that he obviously really wanted to get. So I think it's fine. I don't think the trade was as bad as the rate my league guys have Neither said, I. but <laughs> I think the only reason why I do kind of was so surprised about this was the f- you got to add a little bit of context. And I know you and I are like historians of the PDL. We know the PDL like the back of our hand. And I think I talked to you about this before off air. I think it's the precedent it's sent. No wide receiver has ever gone for multiple firsts ever. I don't yeah. think. Right. And I don't think so. not, not many players really have really gone for multiple firsts that weren't quarterbacks. So I remember yeah. I, I was, and I've been, I'm pretty outspoken about this. I was the other guy that was going for Devonta Smith so hard. Um, the, I think he just wanted like one more third or just something very small. And I just said, no, like I'm, I'm not doing that. And my argument was exactly that. No, no player that wasn't really a quarterback has ever gone for more than 
one first. So to me, when I looked at Devonta Smith, you know how much I love Devonta Smith. And I was like, I, I can't do it. I just cannot do it. And I knew I was bidding against someone, but I had no idea who it was. And I kind of kept looking and looking because once again, no one really knows the PDL as well as you and I. And I, kept, I was like, it could be Welch. Like, is it Welch? Like, it wouldn't make sense if it is. And then when I lost down, it was Welch. Maybe it was because I wouldn't say salty is the right word because I'm very happy with the end product because I ended up with Mark Andrews and Cooper Cup. Unfortunately, Cooper Cup got hurt, but we'll see how that um it really bites me in the end. But at the at the end of it all, I kind of looked at it, I was like, I, I was just surprised it was Welch's team because I feel like one thing that I've been trying, not like one thing that I've been kind of barking at, I know you love wide receivers, but I feel like good wide receivers are a dime a dozen. I'm not saying Devonta Smith isn't special, but when you just look at just, don't look at the name, look at the stats, that, the, the points that he will give you. What are other players that can give you the same amount that might not cost two first kind of thing? You know what I mean? So I feel like those are kind of a dime a dozen thing. And so that's kind of why I start to back off slowly. But, you know, you got to you got to say having Devonta Smith on his in his wide receiver group is kind of like a nice solidifying factor, even though he is kind of viewed as a number two. Uh, when we look at his wide receiver room, because Devonta Smith's there, he's kind of that nice anchor. You do kind of feel a little bit better. But the fact that he did give up so much draft capital is kind of why, once again, uh, I don't think this was a bad trade whatsoever. But I feel like with the context added in is why I do feel like it was a little bit uh, off balance. But hey. I love Devonta Smith, so when you go get your guy, this is not a loss by any means, and I'm sure Welch isn't going to regret it because I do project Devonta Smith to have another really great season. So that kind of takes care of all those trades. Before we talk about the strengths and weaknesses and kind of wrap up a little bit there, after talking about all the moves and knowing how much draft capital Welch has, would you still feel pretty confident and say that uh, this season is kind of looking like another punt season for him? So you would be surprised if he does use this draft capital for players um, as opposed to trying to accrue more? I mean, I think he could totally go in and we know um, based on how he drafted his original team um, when the league was started, when he was in the title game the first season, we know he wants to win. Um, so there is definitely a scenario Ooh, strings here where a couple of wins. I don't know, going like a three he, game he streak, in. and then he's like, "Oh shit, hold on, hold on." He could trade this this first, these two seconds, this third, this fourth, and be like, you know, I'm going to be a top fourteen this year. I'm going to go all in. Like I'm going to keep trying to ride this wave, um, rather than you know picking. Say, say like if he has, the, he thinks he's going to have the tenth pick in the draft this year, right? Like if he thinks that that's going to happen if he can trade that 10th pick for a guy that's going to really help him and he's like a younger side player, Goes out, gets like Brandon Ayuk or gets like Deontay Johnson. Like he's like, all right, let me yeah. go do this right now. I'm, I'm winning yeah. games. I could string it. Let's do this. Yeah. Like keep, keep going for it. I could totally, totally see Welch doing that because we know, because I, I think like how you first start out in the league is like what your true motive is. Like we saw mm-hmm. with Brian, right? As soon as Brian joined, he was like, all right, I'm trying to win. I think that that's really how Welch is, and he's definitely – I commend him for sticking to the plan here because he really did stick to his rebuild. Um, it's definitely easy to you know give up early and try and start winning, um, but I think like he, he really might just stick to it one more year. But if he strings together a couple wins – because he probably won more games last year than he thought he was going to. Mm-hmm. Right. So I, I think that if he strings together a couple wins early in the season, he he might flip the switch and be like, you know what? Damian Harris, he's he's on base for 12, 14 touchdowns. Uh, Brian Robinson is absolutely crushing it. Alexander Madison is the real deal. Like maybe he just goes in and he just starts, he sells those draft picks. It's possible. 
every single year we've had like a print not princess team sorry like a cinderella team we had that year with hollywood where they went all the way to the championship game unfortunately yeah. they couldn't finish it we had brett go all the way to the championship game unfortunately couldn't finish it i'm not predicting that for welch at all but if he has that string of luck if he is a team that the fantasy gods look down saying well the pdo always has one and it's the dallas strip that would be pretty incredible and that means everything kind of like what you said worked brian robinson ended up being the guy madison ends up being the guy um and everything kind of working out Brees hall completely back from injury and just exploding with that aaron Rodgers um new york offense so it's definitely there so what would you say is the strength of this team um, I said it's definitely his wide receiver room. Um, it could easily be his quarterback room if he just acquired a quarterback three. Um, I think he still could make an argument that it is his quarterback room because of Trevor Lawrence, and you're assuming Bryce Young is going to be very good. Um, but his wide receiver room, if Drake London can make the jump to be like a true wide receiver one, um, Kevin Ridley is as good half as advertised. Half of what, what practice, people are saying, yeah. just half. He doesn't have to be as good because if he's just half as good as what people are saying, that's still pretty damn good just because I feel like everything I've been hearing about him has been so glowing. Yeah, and like Sky Moore, same kind of thing. Like they're like, he's going to be the Juju this year. Like he's going to, and Juju was the best receiver they had last year. So if he is the Juju, then you're like, you're you're cooking with gas there. So I think that like he, there's a very, if everything breaks his way here, he could have like seven, maybe eight good wide receivers on his team. So I think that wide receiver is his strength, in my opinion. But quarterback is not like super far behind just because of the guys that he has. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, I was actually going to go wide receiver, but just be a little bit different. I am going to actually default to quarterback. And the only reason so I completely agree having a quarterback three would be great. But if Bryce Young is just what we think he is because, you know, he was the number one overall pick. I, I am very, very high on Bryce Young. That means. Having the man, having the peace, ease of mind, peace of mind, whatever, to have two quarterbacks locked and loaded, never have to worry about. And every single draft pick you get, every trade you get is now thinking, all right, how do I want to improve my other skill position groups? That's such a luxury, wouldn't you say, Darren? Because quarterbacks are yeah. just so expensive. So I feel like to me, if you have a core of Lawrence and Bryce Young, yes, we still have to see what Bryce Young is. But just what I'm thinking is, I feel like that has to be a strength because now you can just turn your brain off and be like, all right, now I just have to fix my running backs and uh, tight end and, um, yeah, I'm ready. I feel like that has to be a strength just because I feel like repairing a quarterback room is just much, much more difficult. So if he only had like a Trevor Lawrence and then a Derek Carr and no Bryce Young, then I'd be like, oh my God, that's a little bit rough. But because he has these two guys, once again, um, used a lot of draft capital to make his quarterback room look like this. And I think it was all worth it. It's looking very shiny, uh, making me kind of you know side i'd be like oh damn kind of cute this is a nice looking room so not cute as in demeaning i meant more of like a rom-com thing you know kind of looking at that girl and be like oh wow a lot cuter than i thought this is great but with that being said what would you say is the weakness that i think we're both in agreement here um so i said it's the running back room um it's pretty obvious that is the worst room of his team um brian robinson the three guys that we already said are pretty mid are pretty mid and then he has Brees hall so it's like one shining star there and then like three of his ugly friends. It's like, <laughs> it's not, it's not ideal. It's, it's fine though. Like if, if these were like his, you know, running back fours and threes and stuff like that, like if he just had like another guy, like if he had, even if he had like a guy, like a, you know, like a Damian Pierce or something like that, you'd be like, ah, this is kind of decent. I could squint and this looks okay. Um, <laughs> but having like, Alexander Madison or Brian Robinson or Damian Harris as your RB2, like if you're actually trying to win, which I don't don't think Welch is, but if you're actually trying to win with those guys, 
um, you're not going to be like super thrilled about that. Yeah, I ax- I absolutely agree. It has to be that running back room. I feel like every single room that we've looked at, you kind of could at least identify one or two players that you're really, really excited for. And outside of Brees Hall, it, it gets really difficult to kind of see the narrative where everything does pan out. It could absolutely still work, but I would have to say that's definitely a weakness. So Darren, if you are his co-owner, if you're helping out the Dallas Drip pro bono, what would you kind of advise him to do? I personally would say if you are planning on going for one more year of being mid to bad, trade away Dallas Goddard, trade away Calvin Ridley, and trade away all three of those mid running backs that we talked about. Um, so you want to trade away. I know you, I know you traded three second or three or two thirds, sorry, to get Brian Robinson. If you could only get one back, you know, sunk cost, trade him away. Alexander Madison, trade him away. Damian Harris, trade him away. Dallas Goddard, he's 29. I know the tight ends can be good until they're like 33, 34. Um, but he's getting kind of older, and you have Sam Laporta. So let's say that you can trade him to like Mike, right? Mike is like closer to that like competing tier. If you can get Ooh, back like that's a good match. Luke, say you can get back like Luke Musgrave in like a second or something for Dallas Goddard. Why not? Right? Get get send him over to Mike. Um then Calvin surprised Ridley. you didn't somehow bring in Keenan Allen into this. I feel like that's just been the random guy you just bring up for no reason. <laughs> well, I can't, I can't say Keenan I know, Allen. I know. I'm just picking so on you. Make any sense. Uh, but if you can trade away Calvin Ridley, like I feel like Calvin Ridley's hype is like at an all time level right now. And what happens if Calvin Ridley comes back and he just falls flat on his face? His value is going to tank. So like right now, it's a little bit harder for Welch because he has Lawrence or am I just making that up? I, I, can can you I see can that? Maybe? that. Yes. But you're, you're, um, what you're saying is don't let that be a reason not to. You're saying yes, try to cash can, in on the all-time high value that you believe or perceive that is currently here. Yes, and, and Calvin Ridley is only under contract with the Jaguars for one more season. And isn't he still on his rookie contract, or am I making that? Yes, up? He, yes, oh he is. God. So, like, if they like, what are the odds that they're going to re-sign Calvin Ridley to like a hundred million dollar deal after this season? They're probably not super high, being a thirty-year-old wide receiver like it's probably not going to happen so like if they just let him walk then they get a third round compensatory pick back and they would have only spent a third round pick to get him because of like all the uh you know the the rules that they set on the draft picks that they were going to give back to the falcons for calvin ridley so like if they're if it's basically just a wash and they get they get a year from calvin ridley for free basically like i feel like they might just there's a very good chance they might just let him go like obviously they could resign him but I, I wouldn't let the opportunity of a stack get in the way of trading Calvin Ridley at what is could be his high point um, because the guy hasn't played football in two years. It's very, very possible that he just like isn't the same guy anymore. I know he looks great in practice and everything like that, but there's no there's a scenario where Christian Kirk is still the number one race wide receiver on the team. Like Christian Kirk's good. Um, Evan Ingram was great last year. They have Travis Etienne and Tank Bigby now. So like I, I think that they're you got to consider it at least because he is at a, you know, at more of an advanced age. Like Kevin Ridley is the same age as Mike Evans. And people talk about Mike Evans. Like he is a grandpa. <laughs> like that's actually you know? unbelievable when he put it like that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Are they really the same age? That's crazy. Yeah. They're both 29. So like you're, you're at the point where like, it seems like Calvin Ridley is very young, but since he came into the NFL as like 24 years old as a rookie or something like that, like he just is, 
at an advanced age, like, you know, low key. So I think it's like a perfect time to trade Calvin Ridley and less Welch is planning on winning this year. Then you just keep those guys and just try and up your running back room. So the thing that sucks having you as a co-host is we think so similarly. So we always have similar things to say. So (laughs) what I'm about to say is obviously trying to be unique, but it's not that much of a joke. So the only argument against I'm going to make you is the trades that I want to bring up has to be not just realistic, but you have to get some kind of value back. So that's why I love your Calvin Ridley pick because you are saying his value is at an all-time high, so try to cash in. My caveat to that is, well, is it? in the PDL's economy, right? We always have this conversation. Maybe in a vacuum in other leagues, yeah, people are getting hot and bothered with Calvin Ridley. I don't think that's the case in the PDL. And let's let's be honest. This is a tight end premium league, but no one treats it that way. So what is Dallas Goddard going to get? Is Mike really going to bite? Who knows? Maybe he will offer Musgrave in a second, but will he? I doubt that he'll even do that. So I'm going to say you definitely should make some type of move. And so what I'm going to say is going to match the interest and the value. Come on, man. Why do you still have Sky Moore on your team? You know Jeff's the biggest Chiefs fan, right? <laughs> you know Jeff's looking at the... I'm not saying you're going to get a first-round pick. That's not what I'm saying at all. But you could get something. Like, right? You could... Like, all this camp news of Sky Moore getting the most snaps with the first team off. Like, you know Jeff's eating it that up, right? Like, Jeff? get something back. So, um, even Sky Moore plus a second round pick. You have two of them. So Sky Moore a second and now get a monumental upgrade somewhere. Or not, not monumental, but just someone that you actually want because maybe I'm putting words in Welch's mouth, but I feel like he's not very happy with how Sky Moore has he almost a sour taste a little bit. Like how Cortland Sutton is with you. Maybe he looks at Sky Moore and be like, God damn it, I could have had someone else. I, I, I could have had Pickens or something like that. So I'm not saying you're trying to get rid of them, but the trades that you want to make, there has to be some value there. So I would just say, hey, reach out to Jeff, see if uh, he is into Sky more because I feel like he's trying to get everyone. So I feel like he would have the most interest out of all other owners and maybe incentivize it with some of those later picks and throw in a second, maybe throw in both of your fours on top of that and Sky more and then get, you know, someone. Uh, so that, that that's kind of what I'm going to say. I, I feel like that's something that's absolutely attainable and just something fun to chew on just because there's some upside there. There's some interest in all things like that. So dare, I, I feel like timing wise, we're looking pretty good. Zoom is now saying we have less than one minute left. So I know you were towards the end. We always ramble a little bit, but we've rambled plenty already, but is there any final things you want to say before zoom just kicks us out? I promised my movie reviews. So we got to start another pod. Oh yeah. Actually, <laughs> wait, did you watch both or just I, did. The I saw both of them this week? Are you serious? Okay. never mind. Okay. Yeah. Sorry guys. I lied. There's going to be a whole nother addition to this. So, Darren, <laughs> I'll see you in about 10 minutes. But for you listeners, yeah. um, stay tuned for another two seconds, and we'll be right back. <laughs> All right, Dare. I know you're sitting in the pitch black because your power is still out. But like a trooper, we are still delivering the podcast content. But since I have you and you really don't have anything better to do outside of maybe probably going to sleep or doing something responsible... <laughs> Um, now we reach the end of the podcast where we kind of get to ramble about whatever we want. But um, I feel like this is a pretty big time for Hollywood because two back-to-back movies dropped on the same day. I be- feel like people have been calling what? Barbieheimer? Is that is that what people have been dubbing the double feature of Barbie and Oppenheimer coming out? But um, you being the actual cultural person and having a real social life, uh, you've watched both of these. And to no surprise, I have not watched either of them. And I don't even think I've watched a trailer for either of them. But um, <laughs> to kick it off, A, probably doesn't surprise you. B, uh, which one did you see first? How did it come out? Did you see Jackie with both of them? Uh, t- t- tell me the runaround. Tell me everything. 
Yes, so we did the whole uh, Barbenheimer experience, as you referred to. Um, It wasn't back-to-back, but it was the same weekend, so whatever. Um, But I saw Barbie first. Uh, I saw Barbie Friday night. Um, What was hype level? Were you super excited? I'm assuming Jackie went uh, with you. How excited was she? Like, what what, what was the scuttlebug? Jackie was not excited at all. She did not care if we saw it. She would have been just fine waiting until it came on HBO Max or whatever. And now but then she was like, Max, "Oh my god, but... my fucking husband! It really wants to watch Barbie, so I guess for him, I'll <laughs> so, go. I'll go." I'm not gonna lie. I honestly, I just wanted to see it because like everything on social media is like Barbie, 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 Barbie. Dude, Barbie. you can't escape like... it. I feel like it's just <laughs> yeah. propaganda. I feel like there's no way it's that highly received. But. I... All right. So Jackie was really excited. Dollars. You got super hyped. Um, obviously we know Mike Servos watched it. He was not he did not like it. Uh, I yeah. think I chimed in later. My wife went to go watch it with her friend, and she said it was just okay, which in her language means she didn't like it, and her friend didn't like it either. So so far, I feel like almost everyone I met that have actually watched it didn't really like it. My sister, Eunice or Yoon. Uh, she watched it. She loved it. So she, so that's why I was like, "Oh man, is it that divisive? Is it just okay?" So yeah, what are your thoughts? Yeah. What was um Jackie's thoughts? Tell me a review. What, what what was it like? So here's here's my thing, right? Um, so I think that the people that like absolutely hated it, they were kind of probably possibly expecting something different than what it was. Um, oh wait, should we say was... no spoiler? Or are you spoiling? No spoilers, right? No, I don't. I don't think. I don't think it's really a, a spoiler. I'm not going to say anything from the movie, right, but right. um, I think that like, like, because me personally, I was expecting like the whole movie to be like pretty goofy, because like I saw the stuff on on TikTok that like everyone has probably seen at this point, except for you, um, where it's like you know Ryan Gosling singing "I'm Just Ken," like that kind of shit. Like yeah, I thought yeah. the whole movie was going to be like like tongue in cheek, almost like elfed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, I thought the whole movie was kind of going to be like that, but, like, it was, like, more kind of serious, and it was, like, very, like, you know, girl, female empowerment, that kind of stuff, like, throughout the whole movie, which is, like, literally about a doll that's a female doll. So, like, it's for women, by women. So, like, obviously, like, cool, that's fine. I I don't really care about that. Um, I thought it was fine. Like, it wasn't, wasn't, like, the best movie I ever saw. It definitely wasn't the worst movie I ever saw. It was, like, okay. It had moments where, like, it was... it was. To break all the records that it has up to this point, I feel like what it, it's already made over no, a billion dollars, no. right? Yeah, it's um, it's made over a billion dollars, and I don't think it really like should be like one of those like super duper high grossing movies. It's like a marketing perfect storm where like people yeah. are like, oh, since COVID, no one's really come out to the movie, so we need a reason to. And then this kind of got yeah. memeified, and everyone's like, oh my gosh, I have to go. Wait, what was uh, Jackie's thoughts? Uh, kind of the same thing. Like, we both thought it was like. It was okay. It had its moments, like where we were both like laughing and had its funny moments and stuff. Um, but it was like, I, I think if like I would have actually probably really liked it if it was just like that whole dumb corny shit like Elf like the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it took like kind of like a serious turn at at one point, and then it was like okay, like this is you know. So you and told um, me no spoilers, but you did tell me like the last like half hour just it, it just went too long. I don't know what that means. Yeah. I haven't watched it, it. it like it got like emotional as like trying to pull on your heartstrings and stuff. Like I could see like if a girl saw this movie with her mom, like they might be crying, stuff like that. Like got that kind of stuff. So yeah, um, just falling yeah. asleep being like, God damn it. I ran out of Skittles. All right. Time to nap. <laughs> yeah. Like it was like, it was, it was good. Like, I think if I had to give it a score, I would say it was like, you know, uh, a 7.1 out of 10. 
Like, I, I think it was. Wow. Well, okay. Not bad. But was, if it, it comes out okay. on HBO, you're, you're not like, all right, Jack, let's watch this again. It, it's okay. I watch it once. Don't have to do it again. Or maybe down the line, you'll give it another chance. Um, I think it maybe is something like I might watch like years down the road, but like it's, it's like definitely on not something and you're like, all right, I'll check it out. Yeah, exactly. Like if it's on like regular TV and like I see it like one day, I'll like, oh, I might, I might watch like a little bit of that. And then mm-hmm. like, but I'm, I'm not going to like make an appointment to like as soon as it gets on HBO, I'm going to be like, all right, now I need to watch this. Okay. Okay. So you watched that first Friday. Now, did you watch Oppenheimer Saturday? Last, last night. So okay, Sunday. Night. So, all right. So I'm going to get probably a little fired up about this one because like it's like my biggest pet peeve is when a movie starts if i miss the beginning and it's a movie i haven't seen before i would rather just not watch the movie wait you didn't see the beginning so all right so oppenheimer i saw it in imax 70 millimeter um the way you're supposed to watch it it was what i'm hearing because king of prussia is one of like the night only there's only 19 theaters in the united states that have this capability and king of prussia being close to me it has that so i was like all right i'm gonna take advantage of this i literally waited two weeks to see this movie this way and i get there Nerd. the showtime was supposed to start at 11 10 p.m that oh, was no. what it said on the ticket me and jackie sat in our seats at 1108 and the movie already fucking started so I walk in and I think it's like, I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Like, what is happening right now? Because I thought it was like, already all dimmed and stuff like that. It, it was like partially dimmed, um, like how they do, like when the previews are on. So I was like, are they doing some kind of like weird, like before the movie kind of thing right now? Like, because mm-hmm. like Killian Murphy was in this and then You're they showed out. Like, wow, this is the most immersive trailer I have ever seen in my yeah, life. I was like. I was like, are they trying to give you like some kind of backstory right now on Oppenheimer? Like, what the fuck is going on? So I'm sitting oh, there for like, like five practice, minutes. Right? Yeah, so I'm sitting there for like five minutes. And then like, I, I literally, like I never do this, but I like, I was so confused that I took out my cell phone and I like Googled like Oppenheimer pre-movie. So like apparently for the 70 millimeter film, they don't play any previews, which I was oh, like, okay, shit. sure, okay. sure. You, you. Even if you didn't play a single goddamn preview, it still started before yeah, 11. Play on time. <laughs> so, Wait, we're, like, okay, hold on, time out. Let's rewind just for a second. Now that you've kind of established this, while you're sitting there, super, are you seeing like other people now coming to the movie theater? Like, there was people, after you? There was a, like probably half of the theater because, like, oh I, God. it ticks me off so. Like, we were standing in line for the concessions to get like popcorn and soda. Yeah, because you were just like, because if you wanted to be on there on time, you could have been there, but you're like, oh no, we still yes. have like five, 10 minutes. Let me get a, you know, like whatever yes. I want. Oh my God. So oh my God. We, oh my God. I'm getting mad. I, we were there 10 minutes early. Like, we got, got, arrived to the movie theater at 11 o'clock. And that's when the movie started because this is a three hour long movie. And there was no previews because the maximum amount of time that you can do for a 70 millimeter IMAX film is three hours. So they had no extra time to spare. So there were no previews. So they started this motherfucking movie at 11 (laughs) o'clock instead of 1110. So So you missed missed, like 10 minutes. I missed the first 10 minutes of the fucking movie, basically. It's because the movie ended at 2 a.m. instead of 2.10 a.m., which it should have ended if it actually started at 11 o'clock. So the whole... Like literally the first half and hour. And you spend like, two weeks fuck? preparing for this to watch this. Yeah. yeah. So I'm waiting and waiting and waiting. And then like, I feel like I was lost the entire movie. And I, like, I like lost interest just because of the way that I am. Because like, oh, I... yeah, you come in with a sour taste in your mouth. You're like, fuck, I, yes. I probably miss like the, they're building the world. The first couple of minutes of a movie is yes. one of the most important. And it sucks you in. So I, I already knew like going into it that they didn't like build a whole 
um, backstory and like they left a lot of details out like purposely like that was Christopher Nolan's choice like he was like I'm not gonna like do the easy thing and explain everything in not detail to the, the movie yeah. watcher yeah so like I, I understood that that was gonna happen and like I, that was that was fine so like some of the stuff like regardless I probably would have been like what the fuck is going on here so it's already um, a confusing ish premise to begin yes, with and, and I now the first you multiply that <laughs> <laughs> yes so like I don't know what happened in the first 10 minutes I still have no fucking clue and I was like, I was so pissed off. Like, I was like, what the fuck? And I was like, how is nobody in this movie theater also this I was just going to ask, were other people coming in and then realizing like, wait, what the fuck? I, I think everyone was kind of in the same boat as I was. Like, because like, I, I think that people were, they definitely didn't know because I didn't know that there was no previews. I didn't know that going into it. They said that there was like a warning and they were warning people to show up early to the movies. But like, they didn't give me a warning when I bought the motherfucking tickets. I bought the tickets two weeks in advance. They could have sent me an email and been like, hey, man, show up 10 minutes early because we're going to start this movie. There's not going to be no trailers. Previews. Just a heads up. Yeah. Like, and, and you're so and not everyone is just going to IMAX. Like this once again, shouldn't surprise. Me. I don't think I've ever been to an IMAX. So like, it's not like this is a regular <laughs> thing where people go like every weekend. Like, all right, I know, I know how to prepare for this. This is like something that is obviously a treat. So people yeah. are like, all right, if it starts at this ticket time. Oh, man. So what was Jackie's? Jackie probably didn't care. Um, Jackie was definitely not as upset as I was, <laughs> but <laughs> she could tell, like I, she could tell as soon as we walked in that when we both figured out that the movie already started, she knew I was pissed off. She was and... like, oh fuck, now I have to deal with this too. <laughs> and as soon as we walked out of the movie theater, she was like, what did you think? And I was like, well, you know, she was leading nice you. She saw knew. the fucking whole movie. And she was like, you know, I, I knew that bothered you the whole time. And I was like, it did. Like, I was like, I was waiting for the movie to end. And as soon as the movie ended, I looked at my phone and I was like, there was, it started 10 minutes early. Like we missed 10 minutes of the fucking movie because they started this mother, motherfucking movie too fucking, fucking soon. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, I, I, I so mad. And I'm like, I sent an email to Regal because I was so pissed off about it. And I was like, listen, like, this is absolutely ridiculous. Like, I'm probably not going to like. I don't want you don't give me free tickets to see the movie again because I don't want to sit there for another three fucking hours to watch this movie <laughs> over again. But like you something has to be done about this, right? Like you you literally just like started the movie early for no fucking reason. Like, why would you start the movie at eleven o'clock instead of eleven ten? Like did one of the workers just were like, you know what, I'm gonna start this fucking thing at eleven o'clock because I wanna leave at two o'clock instead of two ten. Like, are you fucking sh- like are you shitting me right now? So no, that's um, crazy because like, it's not even like out of line. It's like you go to what show up to dinner and you show up and like, you don't even get the appetizer anymore. Like you're not getting what you paid for because they're starting at a yeah. different time. So, and then not just talking about that, but then you just had the whole fence issue. This has not been a good month for you, <laughs> huh? This is a little, yeah. wait, wait. So overall but, you're super confused. What do you think <laughs> of the movie? I thought the movie was good. If I wasn't so like, aggravated the entire time i was watching it i probably would have enjoyed it a lot more but i have to kind of encapsulate my whole experience into that and i would say i'll personally only give it like a 7.9 just because like i can't i think if i watched the whole thing i probably would have given it like an 8.5 something like that like maybe a little higher Mm -hmm. um but just because i was just like so annoyed that i like as soon as the movie started I, i like as soon as I figured out that the movie already started, I was like, I, I lost interest. And I was like, this is this is bullshit. So just because like I had that sour taste in my mouth the entire time I, was I don't blame the movie, you at all. I, I was like, I, I can't enjoy this. Like I was like, I, I'm so annoyed. And there's there's basically like nothing you can do because once I started, like, am I gonna be like that guy that leaves the movie theater and be like, you need to start this movie over? Because then everyone in the movie theater that was there early 
they would have been like, what the fuck? <laughs> so you can't like, there's nothing you can really do in that situation. Are so, IMAX tickets are they're more than regular movie tickets, I'm are. assuming. It's, yeah, they are. It's like $25 to see an IMAX movie oh per my person. So you're not so, just showing up, missing 10 minutes, getting so mad and be like, fuck it, I'm leaving. You like, cause that's 50. Yeah. Like you, you made a whole day. You, you prepped so long for this. And now you're and, like, oh man. And at this point, I, I don't even think you can get, like if I wanted to buy tickets to see that again, I don't even think I could because I think that they only allow movies to be in IMAX for a certain amount of time. Mm-hmm. So I, it's like six weeks or something like that. So, wow. so the movie this, industry makes things so difficult and convoluted <laughs> to do. And they're saying, be like, why, why are we, why are we failing, failing as an industry? What is, what is happening here? And we were, we were talking about this the, the other day. And it's like, when I first, when I bought my very first movie ticket to see, I forget what it was. It was $9. So that was like, you know, the nighttime matinee or whatever, $9. Mm-hmm. And it used to be more, it's still more expensive than if you see it during day, the daytime. But when we bought the tickets to Barbie for Friday night, it was $18. <laughs> and the first time I bought a ticket, a movie ticket myself, it wasn't like that long ago. Like, we're not talking about, about like the fucking 80s or something like that. Like, we're not saying like, this was like 10 years ago, a little bit more. Like, it's not like it was that like, so it completely just. Yeah, it's not like you got a pager and be like, all right, I got to figure out the movie times right now. Yeah, it like at, they just doubled the price in like a little over 10 years. Like it's, it's absolutely absurd. And, they, they and the meme is still it. what a popcorn is, what, forty two dollars. Oh, yeah, that's another thing. We got a medium popcorn and a medium soda it was eighteen dollars <laughs> for a medium popcorn and a medium soda. The soda granted you can but then they always like the profits would be like oh yeah but you could get refills and like so i'm gonna miss part of my movie and refill no you you refill it for me when i'm done yeah you come to my seat so yeah yeah. make sure Uh, everything about movies dude it shouldn't surprise you where i'm sitting there well right off the bat when i saw barbie i was like yeah that movie's probably not for me that's fine because i only watch like three (laughs) movies a year so i have to definitely make sure the one that i watch is one i want to watch i was like i'll skip then i saw oppenheimer and i was like you know kind of interesting then i looked at the, the like how long it was i was like no absolutely fucking not. like i won't even watch a three-hour movie about like the eagles document like i won't even do that i'm like no no no, no. i'll watch a football game but n- not a movie I don't, I don't want that and so when it was one or the other i think oppenheimer definitely kind of got my interest a little bit more um because originally when I saw Emily talking about the Barbie thing, and of course, like you can't help it, but you see some of the market. I still don't think I've actually seen the trailer. I legitimately thought Barbie was going to be like Elf, like yeah, a Barbie girl going to like Me showing too. up in New York or something like that, and just being silly. And I was like, oh, you know, like I love those kind of movies. It's not, it's not going to be a movie that wins a bunch of awards, but it'll be a movie where I can turn my brain off. And you know, there's a lot of fun actors. This will be cool. But then I heard people be like, oh, no, it's like a, a empowerment coming of age kind. I was like, okay, yeah, that that makes sense. And that's definitely not for my demographic. I don't think. Um, but yeah, it's it's very disappointing that that's how it went for you, unfortunately. But when was the last time that uh, you frequent the movies, right? Like if you um, hear a movie yeah, that you're I, kind of interested, you'd be like, oh yeah, let's make a date night out of it. Yeah, I like going to the movies. And the, the last time I went to the movies, it was the same movie that Mike saw in the movies was Guardian of the Galaxy Volume 3, um, which you I You know, you and Mike really would just enjoyed. be like best friends. Like if you guys like knew <laughs> yeah. each other personally, right? Like in, in real life, yeah. I think you would just replace me and it would just be you and Mike just <laughs> hanging out all the time. Like, you know how you sometimes hang out with like Clep and all these guys that like just had Mike and he would just fit right fucking in, don't you think? Yeah, I think so. I think me and Mike would would very weirdly get along, and you, I don't think it would be expected, but uh, we like a lot of the same things and everything. But um, it, it was that was a good movie. I I uh, the last movie I think I saw before that I saw um, Thor, 
in IMAX, that oh. was not not quite as good. Um, it was uh, a goofy. I, I can chime in here. Movie. Yeah, that that okay. movie. Um, so the last movies I went to, I believe, I went to a drive-in with my um my two. You remember Drew and Leanne and their son Pierce. Yeah. Um, yeah, we went with them to the drive-ins, and this is before Link was born, and we all just went with them. I went to spend time with them and things like that. It was a drive-in. So for drive-ins, it's always a double feature, and it was that Thor movie and the Buzz yeah. Lightyear movie that, like, I guess it's on, like, Disney Plus now. And, dude, let me tell you, I have never been more disengaged. In, like, I think I've just burnt <laughs> out on superhero movies, but you knew that. So when I was saying, I was like, yeah, I kind of do like Thor. This would be fun. And don't get me wrong. It was kind of interesting. But then I was like, ah, it's just not that good. And I think that's kind of what you're saying. And then when Buzz Lightyear came on at this point, I was already done because like Marvel movies are kind of long. So by the time that movie was yeah. done and now you're making me sit through another movie, uh, I was just completely done. So it, it's kind of funny. But yeah, that Thor movie, not that good. Right. Or am I just saying that because I just don't like movies? It's it's um it was I thought it was OK. Um, it definitely was not as good as Ragnarok. I did see Ragnarok and I was like, oh, shit, no, this is which, good. which is funny that you mentioned that because so like now I'm like I, I like see every single Marvel movie that comes out when yeah. it comes yeah, yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. Um, but before COVID, I didn't really watch them, honestly. Like I didn't I, I think the only ones I saw the original Iron Man and like the Avengers, um, I'm assuming didn't even see the avengers not really? even a single one of them wow. nope. uh i i saw the original iron man i think that was it from like what, the cinematic universe it during covid so so actually no i just watched ragnarok that was the first like other movie i watched i watched ragnarok i was like i fucking love that movie that was awesome and after that you're and... like oh my god i bet all the marvel movies are great <laughs> yes pretty much you played yourself so I, bud i'm sorry i watched i watched all of the Marvel movies in timeline order. So like starting from Captain Marvel. I actually Marvel. was thinking about doing this during COVID time too. I found that exactly what you're talking about. Like if you've yeah. never seen it, this is the order you should watch it. And I was like, maybe yeah. I will. And I think we did start it and sorry to cut you off. You could continue. I think we watched <laughs> one of the Captain Americas and boy, let me tell you, what is a more boring superhero than Captain yes. America? <laughs> My, when I finished watching that, I was like, there's like two more Captain America. Like I can't do this. And I stopped. I think we eventually got to like Ant-Man and I was like, Jesus, there's just too much. And then I eventually stopped. But yeah, I did watch Ragnarok at some point. I forget why, because it was completely out of order. But when I watched that one, I was like, oh shit, this is, this is funny. It's charming. I like this. Um, But not all movies were like that. So I felt like that was kind of like a red airing. And I was like, oh, we should watch more. And I kept watching more. And I was like, I, I do like the new Spider-Man movie. I, I've always been a fan of Spider-Man, so don't get me wrong. Yeah. But the other ones, I was like, you know, that was a monumental waste of like 15 hours. I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah, it's it's funny because like I saw the Spider-Man movies, like Tobey Maguire. I saw those. I saw the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man mm-hmm, movies, mm-hmm. Um, the Tom Holland ones. But like mm-hmm. that was it. Like I, It was just like just Spider-Man and then the original Iron Man. I didn't even see Iron Man 2 or 3, like any of them. Um, and then like I saw Ragnarok, and I was like hooked. And I was like, all right, I'm going to watch all these. So I started with Captain Marvel and I was like, yeah, that was OK. And then I got to the, you know, uh, though, actually, I think um, the first Captain America is before Captain Marvel. Um mm-hmm. And I was like, that was. Oh my fun. God, I forgot about Captain Marvel. I definitely didn't see that one. <laughs> and then I got to Captain Marvel. I was like, that was also fine. But I kept watching them. Um, At this point, it was sunk in cross fallacy. You're just like, fuck it. I, I'm too yeah, I far in. It. I got to keep committed. watching this now. I got to finish it. <laughs> 
I can admit it. Some some of them I like really like. How, how like much um, did Jackie Dr. hate Green. her life during this process? Let's be honest. No. Oh, she didn't. She didn't watch them with me. Oh, okay, <laughs> good, good. She, okay, so she already was like, "You do this, hun. I'm gonna just do my own thing." She was uh, luckily, I I believe she was in nursing school still at oh, the good, time. Good. So, she, so she was like, "I much rather study for all these crazy well, yeah. exams and stuff than it, try to watch this with you." It was more so because like I needed something to do, so like I did that, and I did that while she was studying because like oh. I, otherwise I just would have been sitting there doing nothing. I mean, look likely, at that! So. She graduated and became a successful nurse, and now you've watched a lot <laughs> of shitty now, Marvel movies. Same thing. Now I force her to, to go to Marvel <laughs> movies with me because like so she went she to Thor. Zero context with nothing. She's like, she, oh, my. so you're literally, oh man, what a oh, what a good person Jackie is, like, just putting up with you. Huh? So she kind of like sort of enjoys some of them. Like she actually likes the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. Oh yeah, those um, were good. I did see those, but. Uh, she went to Thor, didn't like that. She went to Doctor Strange, the Multiverse of Madness. Neither of us like that. Um, fun fact: when we when we went to go see that, both of us had COVID. Um, we didn't know because we were both oh testing negative, but we were both in the movie theater and we had COVID. So we Full probably gave COVID. someone. Yeah, oh, someone yeah. someone in there probably got COVID from us, but we didn't know. We were testing negative, so we were like, "Oh, we're good." <laughs> um, so we went to see Doctor Strange, the Multiverse of Madness. That was like uh, last twenty. 20- may 2022 or that was i didn't i didn't like that one um but yeah and then i don't know like i i i do go to movies when i like want to see them but i it is definitely a fucking when was the last time you guys went to the movies because jackie was the one that wanted to see it oh let me look through my apple wallet and see (laughs) if i can find the tickets See if you can find tickets. Well, while you talk, while you do that, I'll I'll cover some time. Should be no surprise to you that I don't have any good movie or shows. I think um we're in between shows right now. Um, having a newborn, Emily and I have a lot of time together. But I think I've told you, Emily and I have very different uh taste in genres of uh, entertainment that we consume. Uh, mostly because I am pretty much Amish when it comes to this, and my taste in things are pretty terrible, whereas Emily has a pretty well-balanced. Anytime she brings like a good show to the table, I'm like, um, it might not interest me, and it's not her fault. Literally, the first thing I do is I look at the format of the TV show. I need like an It's Always Sunny or Ovis format, where it's like 20-minute episodes, watch a couple, done. I can't do the like actual good shows that are like 40 minutes long. Like, it has to be a real, like, that's why I couldn't do Game of Thrones. Not because Game of Thrones isn't good. I admit it was good. I watched the whole first season. I think I was even texting. I was like, Darren, this is pretty good. And then the second season started, and I was like, Darren, there's too many characters. I can't do this. I'm too stupid for this. I I, I cannot keep up. Um, So I stopped. And same thing happened with multiple shows. Like, right now, Emily's watching Suits. She wanted me to watch Suits with her. I watched a couple of episodes, and I was like, yeah, I, I can't do this right now. Once again, it was a perfectly fine show, but... I just can't do it. So it's kind of funny that uh, I'm kind of in that way. But did you find uh, the last movie that Jackie yeah. kind of took you to the movies for? What is it? Just just guess what year it was before I tell you. All right. So I don't know how many movies have come out since COVID, but she definitely yeah, you got to you got to factor in that COVID gap because yeah, not a whole lot gap. came out in 2020. Not, not a but the way I'm thinking about it, I'm trying to be realistic. I bet like after COVID, she was so tired of being stuck at home. That she had, there had to have been at least one movie. She's like, you know what? Like, yeah, I went out. So I'm going to say, like, it's 2020, 2021, maybe like one year after COVID or something like that. She was like, all right, yeah, I got to get out. Let's just do it for this movie. Incorrect. It was 2019. Oh, God. (laughs) What was it? It was a Lion King. (laughs) Oh, that's fair. That's fair. Like, okay. I, 
I tracks. totally would have went to go see that also. Like, but like I remember she was like, we need to go see it. So um that was something it's I was kind of like a mutual seen. thing, but she was pushing. Yeah. I was totally fine with going to see that one, but it was definitely a request from her. But that was four years ago was the oh last time she like and if and if it wasn't for me we wouldn't have gone in the movies since then i don't think so <laughs> she could have just passed on everything and be like well when it comes out to streaming then i'll watch it that's fine yeah because she's totally fine just like waiting the extra you know three months or whatever it is before because like i feel like now even more so than when we were younger like they're they're on you know some streaming platform like within three months oh yeah no so. this is um once again cutting you off like i always do perfect um example and i'm being hypocritical there's 100 been a movie that has come out that i wanted to see and they came out immediately after it came out in theaters uh-huh. and that's the super mario movie i wanted to watch that kind of and i was like oh that looks kind of cute and literally like a week after it came out in theaters it came out to streaming and i was like shit do i want to pay for this and the answer is <laughs> no i will not pay for it i will wait until it comes out to like because it's one of the things where you pay like 30 bucks and then you could just stream it at home, which is yeah. awesome for me. Like now that I have a, a kid like that, I'm sure I'll be exercising that a lot. But just for like Emily and I, I was like, no, nah, I, I ain't do it. Like, I don't even really want to watch it. It'd be something like if it was like free on HBO. I'd be like, yeah, I'll watch a Super Mario movie. Why not? What do I have to lose? Um, So that, that was, I think, as close as I have gotten to watching. So I guess that's more tells you about my terrible taste in movies than movies that have come out. But is it also fair to say, I feel like there just really hasn't been that many great, like original slash just good movies in general that have come out. Right. Like I can't, no, I honestly can't really think, think of any. Fair. Yeah. I think that's fair. I think that the, um, why um, Barbie and Oppenheimer have gotten so much hype recently is because it's not like star wars 15 or another indiana jones movie or another superhero movie we're like oh it's kind of an original ip let's see what's going on but Mm -hmm. i'm sure you've heard that people are talking about like the mattel universe now and everyone's like jesus christ why we don't (laughs) we don't want brats in the movie and be like gi joe what's going like oh the fatigue but i feel like you know with the amount of money that they've made you also can't blame hollywood for doing about the same time you're like this is what sucks the originality out of it right yeah, it's funny because uh, I actually saw a tweet about that earlier today where it was like, oh, this movie that was directed by a female, it was made by female for females, it did super well. Um, maybe we should do more of that. And it's like, oh, Mattel, let's create a Mattel universe. That's what we should do. That's the takeaway here. And it's like, <laughs> they well, look at what's happening know. with Marvel and how fatigued people are like, you know what? That's, that's the formula. Oh, yeah. Let's do Which, that. Like, that will I... work for us. Oh, oh, so there's a, a Marvel show that just came out recently, Secret Invasion, and it has Amelia Clark in it, you know, Dan- Daenerys Targaryen hey, from Game of Thrones. I love her. I, yeah, I, I was you are, love her. So, so hype. I was like, I couldn't wait for it to come out. Um, it, it was very mid. Um, it was it, the first episode, second episode. I was like, yeah, it's pretty good. It's good. It's, and then it got worse progressively as it went on. So now you're um, only watching to just see like. Amelia Clark, essentially not well, it's, the it's actual. Over now. Oh, okay. It, it okay. was only six episodes. But, but at the point uh, where, like, after episode two, three, were you only watching for that, essentially, or were you like, well, you know what? maybe I'll get better? Not necessarily, because I am the Ooh. kind of person that once I start watching a show, I have to finish it. So that's fair. Um, even if it was like absolutely horrible, if I watch the first episode, I'm probably going to watch the rest of it. So what a guy, um, what a commit, and that's opposite of me. You always used to give me <laughs> shit because I would be the guy who started a game, a and I'm like, game. nah, I ain't finishing this shit. <laughs> I, even if it, I liked it, I'd be like, all right, what's the next one? <laughs> so it's like, you know, it's it's bad uh, in a way because like I'll, I'll waste hours of my life just like watching bad stuff just mm-hmm. because I already started hey, well, it. No, you're becoming cultured because how do you know what's bad and good if you don't 
consume like for me True. if anyone were to come to me right now and be like Tommy what, what movie coming out do you want to see to me I'm like I am not the guy like that's like asking me Tommy <laughs> what is your favorite Jamaican food I'd be like dude I don't fucking know I don't think I've ever had Jamaican why would you ask me this um but like if I were to talk about I would obviously go to you like you've seen a lot of movies and I'm not being like, oh, your taste in movies phenomenal, but you've seen enough where you're like, yeah, Tommy, if you don't like Marvel, you would like, you might like Ragnarok, and I'd be like, hey, you were right. Similar to now, I'd be like, hey, Darren, actually, here's a series question: Are there any other movies that are kind of on the roadmap for this year that you have your eye on, or is, uh, or do you just kind of wait until the trailer kind of comes out and then becomes pretty big on the internet, and you're like, oh, now maybe I'll kind of look at it. Um, I mean, sort of like I do kind of like see the trailers, but then there's also movies that I know that are coming, like Dune Two. Um. I really like the first one, and so I'll, I'll see that when it comes out. Nice. Uh, I know that the Willy Wonka remake. Comes oh, Emily out was telling soon. me about that. She said that was one of the previews for Barbie, and she was like, "Ooh, that Wonka thingy." Yeah, and I was like, "Oh, little, cool, little Timmy, little Timmy Shamalay." He's I don't uh, know who that is. <laughs> Timothy, you don't know who Timothy Shamalay is? Uh, I'm I'm assuming he's an actor. He is an actor, yes, and he sounds um, really fancy. Is he like old? No, no, he's young. <laughs> okay, just kidding. I, I had a 50-50 shot and I was wrong. But okay, so he has a famous actor, so it's got to be good then. Yeah. Wait, I, what, I think what was like, this guy in? If he's famous, he, like he's got to be in something recognized. What, what's the top he, two things that he was in? He was in um, that movie I literally just said, Dune 2. Like, he's going to be in that. Never also. heard of Dune. Um, okay. He, well, Dune is like a, a really old movie that they remake or oh. remade. Okay. Um, so is this a reboot and, or like a sequel to that? really old movie. Dune, well, Dune is a remake to the original Dune, and Dune is actually the inspiration for Star Wars. Um, See, so it's this basically... is why I ask you for any entertainment thing. You just know <laughs> shit. This is awesome. So it's basically like kind of like the same thing as Star Wars, just in a kind of, you know, remixed, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, he's in... Uh, I forget the name of the movie. It's like Tell Me You Love Me or some, some shit like that. Uh-huh. Um, he's, in, he's in some stuff, but I think he's like more... Um, more so popular because he is an attractive young man that like. Oh, all right. He's a little. He's, he's, a little he's popular with the ladies. Okay. Yeah, uh, I respect that. So like, there's a new Hunger Games coming out. I know you've probably seen Hunger Games at least. I one did. Of them. I, I read the books. I, I am an <laughs> avid book reader, so I read the book first and watched the movie and hated the movies. I think that's why. you hated all of them. I read all the Hunger Games. I hated, yeah, I hated them. Or I, I don't think I've watched all the. I think I watched the first Hunger Games and the second one. I hated both of them, and I was like, I'm, I'm done watching these. Wow. Okay. All right. Not, I think not, that's. Is, maybe, I can, is I can, that a hot I take? See that. No, I can see it. I guess if you read the books, I can see it. No, no, no. The hot take was because I watched the first movie. I hated the action scenes because like the action scenes was just like a camera guy on a GoPro and everything was just shaking. You don't see shit, and you're like, what? Is oh it? yeah. I got like motion sick. I was like, this is awful. Like every scene was just like them sprinting in the woods and that's it. And I was like, what the fuck is this? That's true. I'm not saying I want to see like saw and like guts report. I'm like, all right, they're shooting arrows. Like if they hit a tree, that's cool. But like if they shot an arrow, it wouldn't follow the arrow. It would just be more running. And like you see more. And I'm like, what the, what the fuck am I watching? What is this? I don't want to watch this. Um, yeah. so I, I think I kind of hated it, but um, yeah, for me, I, I think it shouldn't surprise you. The only thing I want to talk about is, yo, Dare, your boy got another invitation to the Madden party uh, over in my uh, GameStop. Except for oh yeah, I was to ask you about this. Are you um, are you uh, are you gonna like you know so, be a dad and win? So the tournament that I used to go to the GameStop that I went to closed. Uh, they did oh. not make it. Uh, but Harrisburg has a much more poppin' scene. Uh, but it's much more competitive. 
Um, so they kind of consolidated, like, um, when my uh, GameStop closed, the, like, manager and the big people that worked there for a long time, they went to that one, and they kind of, like, consolidated. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I got invited, um, and I talked to M to see if I can go, because obviously I'm super busy now, so my schedule is just what the boss lets me do. And she said, yeah, go for it. Um, but the, I know I always say this because I'm pessimistic, but this year I'm really pessimistic because everyone going played the beta. They said the open beta, a lot more people got in, but I was just so busy that I didn't even know that was out, so I've never played it. So I'm going in completely blind, but the tournament is up. Um, they have the same similar kind of formats that I used to tell you, where you like pick certain teams and you're locked in, and then you could just switch. But I'll probably be texting you a little bit more. But um, yeah, it, it should be really fun. And you, I think the format for this year is you pick three teams, and then you just declare your team right before you go up, so you you have like a choice kind of thing. Um. And so I'm thinking of my three. I already have my two. My one is the Eagles because uh, that's kind of like one of the highest rated teams. So I need a fallback team because normally I do get cocky. And I know you know that I get cocky and I pick shitty ass teams because like, let's be honest, I'm not very good at video games, but Madden has been the only game that I'm pretty decent at. And so I usually just pick like shit teams. But this year I picked the Eagles as one team, the Detroit Lions as a second team, because I just want to play with Jamo and I feel like I could just cheese with him. And I don't have a third team. So uh, whatever, the, I'll probably look at the ratings of like the things that have come out. Like I'm just looking at websites. But the only reason I'm more pessimistic is because, like I said, everyone has played the open beta and I haven't done any of that. So I'll let you know, man. Um, but I guess the only real um, brag I can say is what? I think like the past five, six years, we haven't had to pay for Madden at all. We've just won the thing. So that's been awesome. And I feel like this, I, come on, let's be honest. Madden doesn't really change much. So if you figure out the mechanics early, you win. So yeah. um, I know in years past, I took it a lot more seriously. I think in years past, what? I used to play every single Madden leading up to this Madden just to prepare for all the different dynamics so I could be prepared. But this year, I'm just going to kind of be that dad that just kind of shows up so this is the <laughs> real i'm gonna be honest every past year i was like i could probably beat these guys but this year specifically because it's not my game stop it has a bigger competitive pool and yeah. i literally i haven't really been playing video games to begin with let alone madden um so my hopes aren't high but regardless I, like I'll, I'll still buy it even if i don't win but yeah just kind of want to update you there it is happening this year i think this year they might even stream it so if, that, if that's what they do, I might I might just drop it. Just be a fucking nerd and be like, yeah, if you see a fat chubby guy, uh, hopefully rattling off some wins. Let's do it. But um, yeah, uh, if all things go according to plan, you'll have some Madden too. But I don't even want to get so excited because you and I were either A, so busy or B, so burnt out <laughs> at the end of the day I, where we could play Xbox and we just don't, right? It's funny because I was literally going to like, after we did this, I was going to be like, I could probably play Xbox tonight and my fucking power's out. So <laughs> I can't. <laughs> Literally, there are times where I want to text you because, like, with um, Link now, I'm like, there aren't many times, but uh, Emily sometimes feels guilty. And she's like, hey, you should have some you time. Why don't you just play Xbox? And Because she knows I always used to play Xbox with you or uh, the Yows or someone all the time. And I'm just like, um, I just, I don't know their schedule. I don't know if they're free. Don't. They don't know my <laughs> schedule. And even if I know their schedule, like, I don't want to burden them and ask because if they're tired, I get it. I don't want to put them in a position where they're yeah. like, huh. <laughs> yeah tommy i'll get on because sometimes like if you were to text me on a date where i am actually free to play i'm just so tired i'm like dude I, I think i told you before i was like sometimes i'm just watching whatever's on tv and not changing it even though that remote controls in like my arms yep. reach and i don't want to change it just because i'm just that fried i just don't want to do anything so i don't have the mental capacity to now try to pretend to play a video game and talk 
Um, but yeah, anytime, honestly, anytime I ask you to play Xbox, that's more of, hey, you just want to chat for a while? Because let's be honest, nowadays, I think the past like two, three times we've played, I'm usually most likely just sitting in the dashboard, just talking to you rather than actually playing. So um, regardless, hopefully I'm going to get acting crazy, but um, hopefully I'll have some good news um, in a couple of days where uh, I'll say, A, I won the Madden thing or B, I didn't win, but I'm still going to buy it. So We'll see what happens there. Do you have any recommendations for that third team there? Um, did you even say the second team? Yeah, I, I, the Lions. So I could cheese with James. Oh, okay, I don't know. I don't remember saying that. Um, you should go with like uh, another pretty good team. Uh, maybe like the Bengals, something like that. Somebody good. Um, I know we only have three minutes left, but I want to say to give context for how good Tommy is at Madden because he definitely was humble in his, uh, you know explanation of his madden abilities there um in the high school we did a madden tournament and there were some people that really thought that they were like very good at madden um me being one of those people i thought it was pretty decent tommy destroys me every single time we play madden and in the madden tournament that we did in high school nobody had a chance like it's like he that is his uh superpower is playing madden and that is uh, maybe a very lame superpower, but he gets it bad so is. every year. Anytime anyone's like, name a useless talent. I'm like, uh, at one point in I'm like North America, I, I was ranked like top 50 <laughs> in North America at one point. But other than that, no. But it, it felt so good because like, like we would play so many video games and Darren would be better than me. Like we play NBA, Darren would destroy me. We play FIFA, destroy me. We play Call of Duty. His kill death would always be better. But I'm like, I have Madden have Madden. That's the one game I have. But yeah, so I'm really hoping that my old manpower will be able to help me. But hey, I think the only reason why I feel so confident is like, I feel like the kids I'm going to be playing Madden against, like I've literally, like I'm old enough now to be like, dude, I've probably been playing Madden longer than you've been playing video games in general kind of thing. So now I'm like, (laughs) Like when people are playing the new manager trying to, oh, what's the cheese? And I'm like, oh, I know all the fucking mechanics they're using at this point. Like they might change a couple of things, but I'll figure out the cheese at this point. So I'm hoping I could bring it home, but uh, like I said, when you get into like a bigger demographic of play, it's going to be a little bit more interesting. But um, hopefully we'll have more time to be able to play in the future, but isn't it ironic there how we thought this was going to be a short one, but it's uh, quite long. And I know we have less than a minute left, so the last question I want to ask you, Dare, is uh, still no power? Yep, still out. They said 9.30 <laughs> might come they, back, or 8.30? They said 8.30. It's now 9.06, <laughs> and it still has not come back. So, you know... We'll see. It, it might come back before I go to bed. Maybe not. Who knows? <laughs> I will definitely text you because now I know you don't have much to do. And I have a couple of trade things I've been wanting to ask you regarding the PDL. So spoiler alert. So hopefully they'll keep you entertained. But guys, thanks for sticking around. Dare, thanks for sticking around with me. I know it's been a while, but I also have to poop real bad. So this is going to end. But uh, thanks for <laughs> jumping on, guys. So until next time, take care. Thank you for tuning in to the podcast. I hope you enjoyed your meal. We'll catch you next time.